And if you complain once more, I'll plant a bomb in the museum next to your head, which somehow won't kill you while destroying everything else around you. It's going on podcast with Rap Critic and Muse. Aye, aye, Captain. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we had like two parallel intro ideas, and I wasn't sure which one you were going to go with. Oh yeah, I, I like that one though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you see the music video, right? Um, not in a long time, actually. Man. Okay, so just going on a mini quick journey. As I watched the Army of Me video, I was like, I remember why I like had that feeling, that visceral feeling of like Bjork's Bjork's music is weird and creepy. But like, you know, watching the music videos now, I can really appreciate it as an adult. I mean, while also still seeing how weird it is, but also, like, appreciating the little weird flourishes of that dreamlike quality as I'm watching the video. Uh, I remember it from the Beavis and Butthead. Uh, uh, oh. Yeah, yeah, thing where, where where they, like, covered the music, covered her music video. And, like, it having that, uh, like, bit and watching that music video and being so freaked out and being like, ah, god damn it, I hate it when they show the music video sometimes because I don't, like, <laughs> like, this shit freaks me out with the fucking teeth and shit. It's so goddamn weird <laughs> when she walks in and you see, like, the way the camera, like, shows her walking into that dentist's office and then just being, like, the <laughs> fucking ape there. Um, And, oh, yeah, that's what I was saying, like, really appreciating the little flourishes of, like, so the song's called Army of Me, but, like, mm. you really only see, like, another person that's kind of dressed like her at, like, the side and margins of shots. So if you're, like, just watching it head on, at, like, it kind of is at your peripheral where you see another person there. I Like, I thought that was such an interesting little thing that I noticed when I was like, wait a minute, like, kind of going back at me, like, yeah, this, you for, like, very face-on shots, it's just her. But for little shots where it's like, oh, there's a mirror over here, and wait, it seems like there's another person right next to her? That, that there isn't a mirror right there. When Like, the shot where the, she's walking into the dentist's office, and it looks like there's two of her, because there's a mirror in the previous shot, you're kind of like, your eyes used to the idea of like, oh, these are all mirrors. And then you're like, wait a minute, but there isn't a mirror there. That looks like it's just two people walking. So it's just like, mm. there's this weird, very subtle, like, there's another person, like at the scene where she's wrestling with the ape, like before when she's just in the dentist chair, it's just her. And then all of a sudden when the fight starts, like they're wrestling and then you just see like a person slightly to the side. It reminds me of those videos. Um, you ever see that, like the ape walking through the people playing basketball uh, videos? What? No, what? So there's these videos uh, called, um, what is it? Ape walking through basketball. If you haven't seen it, I, I want to actually uh, test your test your eye on this. I'm looking at the Army of Me music video now as you're telling me about the other one. Yeah, She's yeah. just fighting the, the giant ape dentist. What the <laughs> fuck? And in the music video at the end, like, she goes into the, uh, a museum and like, yeah. it was one of those moments I was like, oh, this is definitely pre 9-11. <laughs> like, oh, with, yeah. like, she straps a bot. First of all, like, her hair is so weird. It's like, she so seems like she just put on whatever clothes were just lying around or just like, uh, yeah. you know, like I, I was working on art today. So this is the, my, you know, <laughs> clothes for that. And like, her hair just seems like weirdly pinned down to the side where there's like a mm. couple of bobby pins, but not a lot, but like, not a lot to actually look like it's like trying to make it look really like neat like it just looks like it's just trying to get it out of her face while she's you know driving this weird machine truck and then she yeah. like, 
And then like she straps on a bomb, and I like I remember just having a moment of like, whoa, <laughs> like it's like, oh, you know, innocent Bjork, you know, she's weird, but she's like, you know, she's not like eye popping or anything like that. She's not gonna do anything that's like, oh wow, should we play this on MTV in 1999? But then when I see like, oh, bomb on her back, running into a museum, and like no one's paying attention, I'm like, what's going on? And then of course you see like the little like uh, um mirror hers on the side and then running in to like plant a bomb next to someone who looks like her which when i looked up the video it turns out to be her brother where and, oh, okay. which we'll get into later so and i actually weirdly enough i think i had a dream interpretation of this weird ass dreamlike video that we may get into later on but like yeah what happens in the video is like she plants the bomb next to him and then runs out and then like it explodes and somehow he's fine <laughs> and i'm like what's happening <laughs> You know, I think it's funny that th that we're only now talking about Bjork music videos when we had the opportunity when we talked about the debut album to talk about the human behavior video where she gets swallowed whole by a bear, but we just didn't talk I about never that. Saw I guess that. We, oh shit! I completely forgot about it. But you reminded me when you were talking about the ape dentist. I was like, I was like, is is he getting it confused with the human behavior video? But no, he, mm. she fucking gets in an altercation with a giant beast in two <laughs> different, very equally weird music videos. But that does allow me to take the opportunity to make a slight uh, segue. And the first music video of Bjork's I'd ever seen was for the song uh, Miss You, which is on the album mm. we'll talk about in the main event of today's show. And it was during... The special of Al TV. Oh, wow. I think it was the Running with Scissors special. It was the Miss You video, which was made by the Ren and Stimpy people. So it looks like a weird, demented Ren and Stimpy episode. Oh my and that God. always stuck with me. And I also saw the music video for uh, Song for the Dumped by Ben Folds 5 in the same special. So that was like a double whammy introduction of like what would be pretty big artists. Like I fucking love Ben Folds. I, I never got into Bjork as much until recently anyway. But I didn't realize that Weird Al was turning me on to some really weird shit. Just kind of taking it for granted, I guess. But what I messaged you about earlier today was that a writer was contacted by NPR to compile what they consider to be the, the 40 best Weird Al songs of oh, all yes. time. And I read through it, and I got some issues, hmm. but... You reminded me. These lists are all just made to, you know, you know, they're just throwing on the algorithm of the most popular songs or whatever the heck, and then just going well, like. This <laughs> was this was a super fan that said they were honored oh, okay, to be okay. considered, so they took the time and they compiled what they thought were their personal faves, and you know, it's, it's all not up just to Chad taste. GP? Okay, okay. No, 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 no. It's all up to personal taste. I totally understand. And you reminded me that for your uh, April Fool's stream that you did a Best mm -hmm. of Weird Al stream. So, yes, um, we, so we could have the double discussion here. I took the time uh, before we hit record here to, not in any particular order, but compile my 40 personal favorites. And I went I'm watching this I Miss You video. It is pretty goddamn nuts. I, I'm sorry. I just had to point that out. Yeah, real quick. isn't it? <laughs> like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Fucked. 
And I, I, I saw that video when I was like 11 and I was just like, what the hell am oh I looking God. at? All I knew was that it looked enough like Ren and Stimpy that I knew it was obviously the same people, but I had no idea who Bjork yeah, was Jesus and Christ. she's just acting oh, just huh. weird enough. John Krasinski can eat a dick, but BT does just throw that out there. But like, oh, oh my God. 100%. Yes. You know, but to the artists that put in the work for this, you know. It, you know Oof. Jesus. Yeah, it's very intense. Oh, um, so, <laughs> so I'm going to go through what this person considered to be the top 40. And I'm just going to say, spoiler alert, 18 of my top 40 are not on this person's list. Mm-hmm. I want to see. Yeah, yeah. Give it to me. So I'm going to go through these pretty quick. What this person considered their top 40 first. Uh, Christmas at Ground Zero. Frank's 2000-inch TV. CNR. You Don't Love Me Anymore. Melanie, Albuquerque, Gump, Mr. Frump and the Iron Lung, If That Isn't Love, Your Horoscope for Today, The Weird Al Show Theme, Craigslist, eBay, Confessions Part 3, Like a Surgeon, I Love Rocky Road, The Biggest Ball, the biggest ball of Twine in Minnesota, Canadian Idiot, Party in the, party in the CIA, The Checks in the Mail, Couch Potato, Whatever you like, it's all about the Pentiums. Don't download this song. The saga mm. begins. Perform this way. Polka's on 45. Another mm. one rides the bus. Pancreas. Yoda. Trapped in the drive-thru. Word crimes. Hardware store. Eat it. Dare to be stupid. I lost on Jeopardy. Amish paradise. And in the final three here, smells like Nirvana. One more minute. And white and nerdy. Okay, I really feel like we should have just done the top five because I can't, like, go through my brain and be like, wait, which ones do they... <laughs> well, see, I, I went through, and I just went but looked at the so, albums. Yeah, there were so many that I was like, huh? Like, first of all, including any of the polkas, polkas it's just like, what? What are we doing? <laughs> like, Yeah, I, I took issue with that, too. I included one in mine. Yeah, one. But it's just because... But it's, because yeah, one. it's the one that's sentimental to you, right? The one that probably introduced yes. a lot of guys to you. Right? Yeah, yeah. It, it's the one that I think is, like, it's the absolute best one, in my opinion. Mm. Uh, See, so... Which... Oh, yeah, I, I can't wait to... Yeah, let's go through it. <laughs> so, the... the uh, I, I guess I'll start with the ones that I have on my list that weren't on wait, this Yeah, person's. real quick, what were their top five? I want to I wanna hear what their top their five Their top five again? To, Hold on yeah, one second. Yeah. Let, let, me, let me pull it back up here. Uh, their top five were I Lost on Jeopardy, mm. Amish Paradise. Okay. It smells Like Nirvana. Okay, of course. One More Minute. Uh, and what? white and nerdy. Uh, one more minute. Is, is that is that a isn't that a style parody? That's not like a direct parody, is it? It's an original of Dare to Be Stupid. Yeah. Fuck off. That, no, we're doing parodies. You can't. No. You see, already, I, I'm already kind of like, hmm. No, I okay, guess, it didn't specify just parodies. It's all of the songs. Ah, and we're doing like, cause we're trying to talk about the absolute best, like song, song, singity song, song, song parodies that he's done. Don't give me that. Oh, technically I'm kind of the, no, like, okay. If we're going to be nerds and say like, what are his best songs? Like that's, you know what it is? Like, yeah, that's a specific yeah. subset. If we're talking that, but like, I thought, I think we're talking like best parodies. Cause we can talk his best song. I think dare to be stupid is probably his best best song but i would not put that in my top five weird oh, that's parodies. wild you know what i'm saying 
thing. Like no way. We're, you we're, we're you definitely have two we're, schools of thoughts. Whoa, 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 whoa. you you don't you don't put respect on Dare to Be Stupid's name. The song that I may say, no, I didn't say even that. Devo says is is the the best Devo song. Wait, no, hold on. you're the one over here saying that we're not counting originals. I'm saying that we do count originals, but you're also saying that Dare to Be Stupid is his best song. You can't have the cake and eat it too. There was an early, some sort of thing that happened uh, in the early 50s charts that was some sort of a parody of a song that was like, you're breaking my heart away or some sort of weird thing that they did like a cheap spin where it was like, oh, you're breaking my heart and you're actually hearing like cracks in the background or something like that. And it's like, they didn't really parody the song as much as they just like played it faster, but with some like silly noises in the background. And it's like, I guess that's a parody, but you like, we've got to have a specific delineation for what that is because you didn't actually like, flip the thing and like we you've got to know that that's different from hey here's this song but with new words on top of it you know what i mean like that's got to have a different delineation i i I, i'm just still stuck on why if someone were to say what are the best weird al songs that you would specifically interpret that as what are his best parodies and not look at the entire discography especially when it's not saying what are his best parodies uh, I, I guess that was just for what me. are maybe, his best songs maybe maybe i just had that bump against my head when i just like kind of heard that off rip because i was thinking like oh let's get into this what what are the funniest ways that he has flipped songs in a way that's I like see. oh that one's so much better than all the rest because he's done some song like I, I, i'll put it this way like we're really getting down into this weird out discussion i love it so much uh, like <laughs> the gloves I, are coming off <laughs> we're, we're getting raw let's get into it in honor of the man's great music because i feel like yes it, 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 you know, it has to music, be done we don't take it seriously enough and we're doing it today on going up uh <laughs> I so, feel so like, question real quick yeah, when yeah. you did your stream, did you include any originals or did you just well, do parodies? I split it up. I, I did parodies oh. first and then I did the originals to be like, here are his best parodies that I think are the funniest side splitting ones. And then mm. like, just so you know that like, hey, this guy isn't just, you know, joking on like original song. Like you think parody is just, oh, flipping the words. Actually, he can do something better where it's like, it's not using the same thing, but it still feels like that song because you know what that, that, that style feels like. And I considered that a style parody. So I gave it that its own side where it's like, it's still respectable, but it's different. You know what I mean? Um, okay. Like, but, but for me, like I love the Yabba Dabba Doo uh, uh, bedrock parody that uh, mm. uh, Weird Al does. In fact, I think it's one of like my personal favorites purely because it does that flip of including the intro of one of the other Red Hot Chili Pepper songs. Yeah. And then every, like it's one of those things where it's like, ooh, I love that you did that so much. Where it's like, I kind of wish that the original did that. Like you did a parody so good, it like semi improved on it. Where it's like that actually kind of fucking fits, you know. Um, but I wouldn't include that in my best of because I don't think the jokes in there are like really land as well you know so they're like they have a special place in that i would play one right after the other but i don't think one's as funny and really like really punches like up with really good jokes as much as smells like teen spirit also does you know what i mean N neither you nor i nor the person from npr put it in their best i do not have bedrock anthem on mine either the songs i have written down that are not included in the NPR list. And I guess I'm oddly defensive because a lot of them are originals, go figure. Because <laughs> uh, you're, you're a deep head, you're, we you're a weird head. So, you know, you're like, we don't just, we, we heard the parodies, we heard those, you know? <laughs> oh yeah, of course. I mean, I, w I was considering 
going to both of the uh, ill-advised vanity tour where he just did like originals and he didn't do any of the hits. Like I wanted to go see I those shows. I would so go to that too. God damn it. Even though, like, there's not going to be any costume changes, this is like, fuck it. I want to hear, like, right. odds are you're going to be playing the songs I like the most. So, the ones I got written down that were not in the NPR list are Happy Birthday from the first album. Mm. Then I got Midnight Star from uh, Weird Al in 3D. Mm. Then I got Living with a Hernia, Dog oh, Eat yes. Dog, and Don't Wear Those Shoes from Polka Party. I got, uh... You Make Me, and uh, Good Old Days from Even Worse. Mm. Then I got UHF and Spam from the UHF album. I got uh, Jurassic Park from Alapalooza that was not on the NPR list, which was kind of a surprise. Mm. Then I got um, Everything You Know Is Wrong from Bad Hair Day, as well as I Remember Larry and my only polka inclusion, the alternative polka from Bad Hair Day. Then I got uh, My Baby's in Love with Eddie Vedder from Running With Scissors. I got uh, Why Does This Always Happen to Me and Genius in France from, I think those were both Poodle Hat. Hell yeah. Then I got Close But No Cigar from Straight Outta Linwood, um, Mm. which was like the cake style parody. Mm-hmm. Which also, oddly enough, has a Ren and Stimpy kind of art style to yes, it. It might actually yes. be. I thought about that. Now that I think of it. Um, I've also got uh, Skipper Dan. I've referenced that one before. Mm. It's like the... I remember. I think it's a Weezer style parody. Yes. Um, and I also forgot to mention it, but I also got Mr. Popeil from Weird Al in 3D, which was like a B-52s style mm. parody. So yeah, I hit a lot of the style parodies. I got, I got Dog Eat Dog, which is Talking Heads. I got um, Everything You Know Is Wrong, which is They Might Be Giants. And yeah, just just no love for those, which rubbed me the wrong way, I guess. A Genius in France is the Frank Zappa style parody. Oh, yes. Oh, classic. Just skipped over all of these. Even though it's like, you know, big super fan, you were hand-selected by NPR. It feels like it hit a lot of the big hits. You know, that's fine. Sure, sure. Entry level, though. Yeah, yeah. So for me, my parodies would be, and I'm going, uh, I'm looking at them backwards. Uh, it's a toss up between Confessions Part 3 and Trapped in the Drive Through. Like, those mm. are such great late stage, like, bangers, you know, and how they really, like, turned up the joke on what the original <laughs> is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> so it's like, it's really hard for me to talk, but, like, you know, that's what I would throw out there. Um, all, it's all about the Pentiums. Which That's a good the, one. That was the first one I remember hearing where it was just like he was taking the rapping seriously, you know, where it's like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Now, of course, it's also Amish Paradise, of course, of course, of course. But I remember hearing this one and being like, the oh, wait, he's like, you know, doing the oh, yeah, when P. Diddy did the rock remix, okay, we're gonna do a rock remix, like, let's go. And he like <laughs> really does in a way where it's like these actually sound like, you know, online like battle rap sort of things that you would do, you know, the, the fucking lines actually feel like actual, like, you know, PG-13, but still jabs, you know, like, <laughs> it's like, what, what does it say? Is, I, I believe yours says Edge Sketch on the side, but he's talking about the screens. It's like, come on. The video <laughs> you can, for that you one's fucking great, You can back your hard drive too. on a floppy diskette. You're the biggest joke on the internet. 
it, it is very funny in how it doesn't age particularly well with the technology references. <laughs> yeah, right, the pinniums, yeah. Like, it feels very fucking dated, talking about, like, megabytes and stuff. Right, it's like, yeah. oh, man, wow. But, but yeah, the, like... You're we, waxing your modem trying to make it go faster. <laughs> <laughs> really did fucking show up on that one. <laughs> Two honorable mentions I wanted to make. Yeah. They're not, they're not official releases, but I did enjoy his Pokemon polka from the Pokemon oh, soundtrack. Oh, yes, indeed. <laughs> that, yeah, that definitely was a par- wasn't a parody of anything. But I do remember hearing it at the end of Pokemon 2000 and being like, hey, weirdo. <laughs> and I also like, I don't know what the show was, but it was a song he did called Patterns. Now's the time for earplugs if you care about your health. So stand back, everybody. I'm going to express myself. Look at this. Did you ever see this video? It's just Weird Al singing about patterns and how he like is like, oh, all I see is patterns, the patterns that repeat. It's just a funny little catchy song he did for like an educational show. I don't know. I just remember seeing. Gotta check that out. Yeah, there's actually like a good version of the video now. I remember when I first heard it, I was on a. I think I might have been. I was on a Weird Al fan site in the late '90s. And they had MP3 downloads of songs that were on the Weird Al show that were just like songs for the show mm-hmm. and some miscellaneous ones. And Patterns was one of them. And it sounded like shit. Like, this is late 90s recording. So the, the quality was really bad. Um, but being able to actually see it in context and seeing the video now, it's it's just a funny little song. He's just talking about patterns that yeah, like naturally okay. occurring. and. My favorite ones. Yeah, I gotta give it to All About the Pentiums. Of course, Amish Paradise smells like Teen Spirit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This song is just six words long. I'm surprised I didn't get no love. Like, for how yeah. for how biting that song was against that really <laughs> uncreative song. Like, that's yeah. why I give it that love. Where we're just like, ooh, you really got him. Like, <laughs> um, uh, fat because uh, you know. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's the. I think that's like the real big introductory one. I think Edith was also like it's a bit of a toss up between those two. But I yeah. feel like fat is funnier to me in in terms of mm. like joke per joke per second. You know, of song. You know what I mean? Like that's what we're doing here. We're <laughs> we're clocking this shit. <laughs> and <laughs> right. Of, of course, the saga begins. Of course. <laughs> Running with scissors was the first new album that I was like looking forward to because by that point I had got into him between Bad Hair Day and Running With Scissors so that was like my introductory period so when I saw Running With Scissors like that was the first one I got brand new um, so that has sentimental value but not, like I think I liked the album more at the time but it hasn't really stuck with me as much as uh as Bad Hair Day. I think that's still, like, my number one. What I did want to point out also was how the person who wrote the NPR article was very kind, in my opinion, to the late, late stage Weird Al with with a lot of inclusions from um, Alpocalypse and uh, Mandatory Fun, which... I don't think that's necessary exactly. It, uh, let me see. I do believe 
First World Problems, I think, is actually the one, like, really good smasher of his originals. Uh, that is, yeah, I dug that one. Because the, the way it just comes in with that really good joke of the, like, <laughs> it, like uh, what was it? It's something about, like, it takes me a long time to dig a shower, and when I do, it gets cold after an hour. Like, that's such a great, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know. Don't download the song in First World Problems, our late stage smashers. I feel like Weasel Stomping Day is, like, <laughs> possibly his, like, magnum opus in terms of, like, a message song. <laughs> oh, okay. In the weirdest way. Because, like, you know, he gets that one little line where he goes, like, it's tradition, that makes it okay. And it's like, oh, uh, yeah. whoa, you really just fucking <laughs> just, like, piss in the face of, like, so much with just one little line. And it wasn't even, like, you know, it didn't it didn't do punk rock sort of, eh, we're going to get out of your face. It was just like, oh, no, if you just listen all the way back in this joke, you hear what I'm trying to say about, like, you know, tradition and stuff like that, you know, uh, mindless tradition you know i didn't watch much robot chicken back in the day but i remember oh, seeing yes. the weasel stomping day skit on there that was like oh shit look at that mm, uh i think bob needs some love just for how like come on yeah who else has made a whole fucking song and not only that it is an incredible parody of what Bob Dylan's kind of style is, right? By being so yeah. cryptic and weird. So it's like a double joke in that, like, oh, yeah, you know what the joke is of be doing, like, palindromes, but that fits in, like, how he writes. Like, that's such a great, like, double flip, you know? Mm -hmm. um, why does this always happen to me? I think that's just such a... I love that song. That's such a great just play that for someone and just, like, you know, casually... <laughs> You know, see what their reaction, you know? I, I I think if anyone's picked up on what my favorite Weird Al songs are, they always tend to be the dark ones. <laughs> yeah. Where, where Al is just an asshole. <laughs> like, I remember Larry fucking... Um, oh, God. Why does this always happen to me? They always tend to be the ones where Al is just an inconsiderate jerk to everybody. <laughs> right. Dare to be stupid, of course, and hardware store, of course. Um, oh my god, yeah. Just the musicality. That does not get respect. Like, it, it would be a toss-up between Hardware Store and Genius in France in terms of, like, his musicality, you know? <laughs> I, I think Hardware Store was kind of the sleeper hit that is kind mm. of the cult classic favorite now. Mm. Like, I don't remember hearing anyone talk about Hardware Store up until, like, a couple years ago where everybody yeah. all of a sudden was just unanimously like, oh, yeah, fucking Hardware Store, especially where, like, that that's fast-as-fuck listing items right? off section. Like, <laughs> there's no touching that. Yeah, you and it's so well articulated where you can hear every, you know, syllable, you know, so he's not fucking around, like... Want to be your lover. I really do think that one deserves more love just for being the, oh, Prince won't let me do a parody of a song, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and just I'm gonna like... Get away. I'm going to get around it somehow. Right, and the way he just stacks cheesy line on top of cheesy line, and then just the, 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 the pièce de résistance at the end of being the most corny way you can end it. Girl, you must be Jamaican! Because Jamaican oh. be crazy. <laughs> so just like, That's you so right. see it coming, you're like, oh, god damn, you win. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, so, yes, I, I think we've uh, properly given it, uh, put enough respect on the man's name. We're going to go from white and nerdy Weird Al hmm. to Jack Harlow. <laughs> if that's if that's appropriate or Stop. applicable, 
We'll let y'all be the judge. judge. <laughs> We're looking at Jackman. I guess it's like Pac-Man. Is it just me, or has his face changed like four times since like has it? him? St- like I feel like if you go to his very first thing when he has like the like the Jew fro thing, I feel like that looks a very specific way. And then when he's doing the thing right before he gets on, where he has like the hair parted in a certain type of way, his face looks a certain way. And then when he does get on, his face looks a certain. Like I feel like there's been like different Jack Harlows and no one's bringing this up. <laughs> I don't know about the face. I, I was just taken by how fucking swole he was on the goddamn album art. It was just like, has he always been this fucking big? Has he always has so. Jack Man always been this jacked? <laughs> I was thinking about you using a uh, uh, a uh, Wolverine quote at the beginning, but then I decided the uh, Bjork oh. quote was better. You, you see, Jackman. Oh, I'm very clever. You know, you see. Uh, <laughs> allow me to go off. Real quick. Um, I know you'll appreciate this. I've been getting into musicals recently. I've been... I've always liked musicals, but I'm really starting to, like, crack down and check out ones that I haven't really... I want to know. My head's in my hands. (laughs) Oh, well, I fucking watched the... uh, I'm aware of the slime tutorial phenomenon on YouTube. Is that a musical? What? Have you heard of it? Oh, no. Um, (laughs) Wait. When when people have bootleg video of a musical, specifically a Broadway play, they'll upload it to YouTube and call oh, it like a slime tutorial. Oh my god! So wow. I watched I watched the black and white slime tutorial, which was a Beetlejuice riff. Wow! Wow! So, and goddamn, Beetlejuice is fucking fantastic. That musical is god. Oof. I, I was just like, uh, someone had just reminded me of Beetlejuice just recently, and I was like remembering just how awesome that movie is. Like, remember, you know, when you really oh, yeah. have that moment of like, wait, that's actually uh, uh, Batman. Like, that's that's actually yeah. him. You know, when you really have to like, you have to like <laughs> make that connect that dot where I was like, ha- I had to look at the picture and really do that. Because my brain, as I just like looked over the picture and glanced over, I was like, oh, it's Beetlejuice. And then I had to do that double take. That's Michael Keaton, you know? And then I had that moment again for Alec Baldwin where I was like, that's Alec oh my God, Baldwin. Yeah. <laughs> you know, where it's like, that's it. Like, there's such, got, they do such a transformation, you know, in these roles. You got Michael Keaton, uh, Alec Baldwin, Gina Davis, and Winona yes. Ryder. Like, you oh can't my, get Winona a bigger Ryder. fucking cast than that. <laughs> the original Gone Girl, like, Jesus. Catherine O'Hara and the uh, Sex Pest. It's a really great oh, cast. Oh, man, no. Thank God. <laughs> and we're oh, doing so well. I watched the Addams Family musical. I didn't like it as much. I hate going and for these goth musicals specifically. <laughs> See, that's the thing. I figured I was kind of in a mood. Um, and you reminded me when you texted me, I tried to start watching the SpongeBob musical on YouTube. Oh, my goodness. But the, but the audio was not great, so I couldn't really make out the words, so I didn't really enjoy that as much. Mm. Um, but I've got some other ones written down that I wanted to check out, but you uh-huh. reminded me when you said uh, Hugh Jackman, which is what reminded me of it, <laughs> was I was trying to... Well, actually, he wasn't even in the one I'm about to talk about. Never mind. But um, <laughs> me and Neb were talking about Les Mis. Sure. And I knew I saw Les Mis, but I wasn't sure which version I saw. And I said, oh, yeah, I saw the movie in high school. And it was like, when did you graduate high school? <laughs> I was like, 2005. And right. they were like, when did that movie come out? Yeah, and I was like. 
wait a second, when did that movie come out? I looked it up, 2012. So I was like, okay, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, so it wasn't that moment? one. Yeah, yeah. So, so I looked into it. It was a different one with Liam Neeson in the starring role. And Uma Thurman, and I want to say Anne yeah, Hathaway's right. role. Yeah, oh, so there like, has okay. been another version, yeah. I knew I saw a movie version, I just wasn't sure which one. So it's that one. So, okay, I can cross Les Mis off my list, I've seen that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Have you seen Nine? No, what is that? It's, uh, so Federico Fellini has the movie Eight and a Half, and there's a musical version of it called Nine. Recently, uh, uh, like 10 years or so ago, a movie came out with it. But uh, Anthony, I mean, Antonio Banderas is known for doing the stage production of it. And uh, mm. he's got, brings a really great energy to it. But yeah, Nine is a really good musical to check out if you uh, ever want to check out another one. That definitely has some great 1982. Okay. Yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to check that one out, see if I can't find that. It, it has a, I haven't even heard of that. It has a fantastic song in there called uh, The Music of St. Sebastian. If you just if you check out one song, just check out that one. It, it's such a like a heartrending song about like his background, you know, coming from a Catholic uh, church and, you know, back in like the 40s when, you know, <laughs> that was uh, not great to be a kid, you know? So yeah, No. B- but him like transpo like uh, juxtaposing that with, you know, like you know the beautiful music that he would hear in the church and kind of like having that like sort of like you know the beauty that he had he saw in church but also the you know reprimanding and all the stuff that he got with that too so like i just love that song of the you know emotion that it kind of rings in you and then like right at the end you hear a kid singing and it's just like oh and it's right in the fields and you hear the violins go it's like oh no his soul can't be saved you know <laughs> little cross reference there Raul Julia from Adam's Ooh. family oh yes indeed yes indeed well shit okay yeah now now my interest is super peaked uh r- real quick question because I know you are um you're you're, you're Mr. Musical you you've been in so many I'm very curious the music man if you will <laughs> oh it was right <laughs> I'm very there. clever I'm very clever sir have you seen Hairspray by the way Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I gotta throw that one. And hair. And hair. <laughs> I haven't seen hair yet, but I'm all about you fucking hairspray. It. I love hairspray. Yes. You got you gotta see hair, bro. I know. Yeah, let me let me throw that one out at you. Nine and hair. Like I was trying to think of what are five musicals I can throw at Muse, but then I was just like, wait a minute, hair. That's good. If I can get you on nine and hair, I'm good. Okay. Okay. <laughs> now what I was gonna yes, ask indeed. you was. What if I had to ask you your first answer to uh, most overrated? Most overrated musical. I would probably have to go with, I mean, um, uh, uh, I want to make it one that I've actually seen and kind of been. I don't have many in mind, but I do have one answer in mind. What, what, What would you say? Rent. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Yeah, I would definitely say that purely okay. because, like, the songs are so overwrought and, like, oh. like, dude, this could have ended half a song ago. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I'll definitely throw it to that one. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, I do like Cats, though. Oh, my get out of here. <laughs> I have the exact same complaint. What do you got to be fucking with me? <laughs> 
this song needs to be a third of the link because I was about to say anything with Andrew. You're, you're the biggest disgrace to the adult since Andrew Lloyd Webber. <laughs> like all of his shit. Because I was about to say anything with Andrew Lloyd Webber is overrated. Because I was like, like I was originally going to say that, but then I was going to say no, it shouldn't because like I don't think it should be rated at all. Because like, what the fuck is he doing? He's just doing do do do. I'm playing with this melody, but they're not going anywhere with it and just repeating it for little old cat ladies in the, in their fucking eighties in the British, you know, monarchy. Do do do. We need something to distract them from all the real shit that's going on, the real fucking music that's being made by the musicians in the eighties while he's doing this shit for like fucking old ladies watching QVC and shit. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't. I cannot stand that man. I can't stand that man. I had to throw that out there because I knew, I knew we weren't going to be on the same page about cats. But that's fine. I don't like the movie though. I didn't like, care for that. I mean, honestly, honestly, I think <laughs> just for the insanity, the, the insane car crash. Yes, it's like one of the yeah. Like when I watched that movie, I was like, yeah, that's what you deserve. <laughs> And now everyone can see what you are, and you are not gods, you know, like, because it was like, it was the thing, it was like, I know it was like, kind of treated silly, but like, there was a side of it where it was just like, no, but seriously, why are these things making this much money? Because like, whenever I listen to it, like, I don't even, what was it, the feelings, in the morning it's feelings, the memories. I'm feeling the feelings, and the feeling of feeling, I was just like, is this really the song? Like, I remember feel, like getting to that moment and being like, oh, but this is the big song that it's known for. Let's check it out. Like, let's get into it. And then being like, really? Like, the Robot Chicken parody song that they did was more dynamic and had more going on than this. And I couldn't fucking believe it. The one that, uh, the, uh, the one for the Krakens or something like that for the, uh, what, what was the name of that movie? Uh, Fight of the Titans, you know, the Clash of the Titans. Where oh. the robot chicken did like a, they did a parody and it was something like a torment in the morning. It's heartbreak. Like robot chicken did a parody of that song. And I confuse it with that one when I think about the lyrics, because the lyrics of that one are so much better, better fucking well-written. <laughs> Maybe you need the context for memories. I don't know. I think that's, I think that's the controversial take from you today. That That's RSC's hot take is that memories is not a good song. I love, it was the one moment where I see Jennifer uh, Jennifer Hudson blubbering to try to get her uh, Oscar. Guys, I only have like 30 seconds of this movie. This is the most I can do. Please remember my performance. I don't mind Jennifer Hudson, but yeah. Um, didn't, didn't quite do it justice in the movie. But then again, I don't think anything was done justice in the movie. No, not at so. all. But, but that was like, it felt like the weakest part where it's just like, they didn't even try to block this well. It just feels like he just walks it out of nowhere. Um, but uh, like his stuff in general just feels so aimless. Like musically, you can hear it. And what's weird is that like, you know, he's the insane clown posse of musical theater and that like, I want to give him props in some respects where you're like, oh, he kind of like, you know, does it, he uses jazzy chords in this in a way that's like, oh, he's kind of upending like expectation. But it's like an intellectual thing that I can respect on one level, but then everything else is like, but then he's just kind of repeating this shit and it's not that creative, it, like anywhere outside of that, like in terms of just enjoyability, like as I'm listening to it, all I can do is think this is so simple and he's not doing anything and this is fucking boring. What the fuck is happening? Why do people like this? Yeah, yeah fuck Andrew, Andrew Lloyd Webber. Andrew Lloyd Webber. That's the, all the respect he deserves. Being said like Stewie from Family Guy. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> but so Jack Harlow. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> We've never reviewed Jack Harlow on the show before, but we did take a segment 
where you were like, okay, look, I listened to this Jack Harlow oh, album. So we I need to talk reveal. about it. Oh, I did. I just talked shit about it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you just talked about it. I never even heard that album. But you were like, look, I need to talk about this album, how underwhelming and boring it was. So this it was a mighty need. is my first Jack Harlow full album listen through because I've never cared enough to check him out specifically. I've never heard anything too fantastic about him. And I, I, I kind of enjoyed this. Okay, so here's, here, and here's the thing, though. Like, he has been yo-yoing, I feel like. Because <laughs> like, I feel like the album he did before the, the Kids Miss You, I feel like was getting a lot of critical acclaim. And I remember, like, liking the singles off of that. Then he does that album, which feels like a dud, but that's the one with Drake on it. So it's the one that's supposed to be like, oh, this is the major label showing. This is the one uh. that's supposed to be it. And it's like, what the hell is this? And then we get to this one, and I'm like... Oh shit! And like, this is the one that gets no fair. Fair doesn't have the big G L O, you know, honking sample. Oh my god, that's right. Right, and this is the one that I'm like kind of enjoying. And it's like, oh shit! And this is like a mini EP where he actually like takes the advice to like whittle it down to the best stuff. And it's like, goddamn. And I don't think this one's gonna get any love because I didn't hear anyone talking about it that much. Well, no. it didn't just come out, but like, I guess we'll see. But it's just like, damn. Like, there's no big single or anything like that, you know. Like fuck, I yeah I can't see any of these being his singles, but yeah. they're all very to the point. A lot of them are very short. Um, yeah. You texted me and said like it was what like twenty eight minutes or something across yeah, ten like, songs. It's like yeah, that. we'd be kind of foolish not to listen to that. There are a couple that are weaker for sure. Yeah, but I don't think they're duds. Uh, no the enhancers. I, gave, I thought was a straight up dud. That is yeah. That, that I think is the closest we can get to a dud. Yeah. Um, especially because I don't really love the whole, it feels, it feels cliche, the whole, she's so beautiful, she doesn't need the makeup, Uh, but also the fact (laughs) that it just randomly, and I mean this, yes. I can't express how randomly this comes in. The My homeboy just beat cancer, like, that's great, Jack. I'm really happy for you yeah, right, and like, your friend. That's awesome. What is it doing here? What is it doing right before this corny? I call my ex no answer. As in, that's my nickname for her. Because when I call no answer, shut the fuck up. Like, are you kidding me? What? What is no. happening? <laughs> yeah, that made no fucking sense to me. <laughs> I was like I, I would say it. no enhancers is kind of meh. That I also said, uh, it can't be was kind of mad. Oh, good lord, get that track out of here. I couldn't believe what I was listening to. Uh, do you want to go through the album and, like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, Common Ground, I actually thought was a really good starter, where it's like, oh, oh wow. absolutely. Like, it's him making some commentary, but kind of like being on his, you know, I don't want to commentate too much on what I don't know, but here's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing, like, look at what we're kind of seeing as, like, as, you know, a white guy trying to make hip-hop and kind of saying, like, ooh, I don't know if I'm comfortable with, like, seeing this unfold, you know, where it's just, like, these people clearly getting their catharsis of, you know, listening to black music. Like, I like seeing him directly address that. Part of me was kind of weirded out or, I guess, confused from how he does this song and he's basically saying, like, there's a bunch of white kids listening to music by black people. 
and they're using like slang it, and they're talking to feel like, like a thug, but they don't have to act on it, right? Like that. that exactly. That yeah. yeah. But then Jack goes on to use like countless black slang throughout the rest of the album. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I mean, this is there's specifically a song, the fourth song, is it I? And I was like. <laughs> I don't feel comfortable saying that. Like, you know, uh, yeah. like it feels weird for me to even just said that. <laughs> but now, like, I don't know your story, Jack. I know, first of all, I know we have not had the same life experiences, but sure, I can also not, yeah. say for a fact that you and any black person have not had the same life experiences <laughs> either. So it's just kind of weird. Um... Maybe that wasn't his message. Maybe it was specifically the um, talking about violence and stuff, mm. and you've never actually had to live or experience it, and acting like that's yeah, your lifestyle like, when it's not. It, like po pointing out that specific, you know, trope, and yeah, like I, I guess it, it, there is yes, yeah, certainly a level of hypocrisy. But again, it could be an Eminem situation where I don't know. Maybe we're assuming just because he's white, he might not have grown up around black, black people, but maybe he did. You know, like I, I don't know. <laughs> Oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Like I'm, I'm not saying it's impossible that he could have uh, lived around uh, black people, but like I'll even say specifically, and I'm not saying Jack Harlow is guilty of this or anything, but I got a comment just yesterday on an episode of the Detox podcast, mm. um, talking about when the host Anthony Cumia uh, went on Twitter and went on a racist rant after saying that he was allegedly assaulted by a black woman in Times Square for... Oh, I think I remember hearing about that, yeah. Saying that he took a picture and she was in the frame and she was mad, saying, like, you took a picture of me. And, yeah. And it, he claims that she, like, beat him up and, like, other people came over and beat him up or whatever. And then someone in my comment section was like, look, man, you may not like, you know, how he dealt with it or anything, but, you know, I grew up like a white kid around black people and I got beat up for, you know, because I was white or whatever. And, like... First of all, I don't know if there's more to that story. I'm only hearing your side of that story. Yeah. But, like, not everyone who grew up white around black people fell victim towards what they may or may not consider racial discrimination, yeah. and, you know? Usually, I mean, like, if we're to look at the bigger picture, it's like, usually, like, that discrimination comes to them because it's like, well, we're living in this place where we're treated like crap, so I'm going to take it out on you, white guy who doesn't have any power. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's usually kind of couched within a bigger, you know, conversation about white supremacy anyway, you know? Yeah, you need to look at it. Like, I know that might not feel right or fair to you, but you might have to take a step back and, you know address the bigger picture mm. but, but like, jack i i just feel like eh, you know I, I feel like he did a good enough job where it was just like i wasn't expecting it and so it was like oh some commentary okay you know that's how i kind of took it you know it was just like oh you know he took he took the time to address like being a white rapper in hip-hop you gotta at least make this song once you know like <laughs> but yeah i definitely, yeah, definitely could have macklemore this and it ended up <laughs> way better than that this wasn't white privilege three. Oh no but uh <laughs> what was they don't love it uh i thought that was solid enough really great beats on this album i will say that yeah too. i did enjoy uh, like the flourishes that they threw in here 
But who's this one line where he's like, your boy's striving to be the most dominant ever, the hardest white boy since the one who rapped about vomit and sweaters and hold the comments because I promise you I'm honestly better than whoever came to your head right then. They ain't cut from the same thread like him. And I was like, wait, hold on a second. I, now, at first, I thought you were saying the hardest white boy rapping since the guy rapped about, you know, uh, that. But then you said, and hold the comments because I promise you I'm better than whoever came to your head just then. I was like, okay, now that sounds like you're going to Eminem. Like, oh, you know, no. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I didn't think about that, but I feel like it wouldn't be a bad idea for Jack Harlow to very, very quickly record a very short song. Please don't explaining and clarifying that one. So he doesn't have a machine gun Kelly situation. Yeah. Um Ambitious, I liked the uh the start of now the start of this beat did sound like the end of the last beat, which I thought was Okay, weak. look. Not only that, he has the exact same flow yeah, okay. on this song. Yeah, that he did. That. It sounded like it was the same song. <laughs> I was like, what's, what's happening? Uh, ambitious indeed. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, we're really flipping the script here. But I actually did like the, you know, storytelling, writing in my journal rhymes. Like, I thought that was actually, you know, pretty good. We started like, oh, at 14, this is the start of my career. And then at 19, you know, I'm kind of getting some heat now at 24. Like, look how things have changed. Like, I, I like that. Like, you know, the, his uh, big thing in his sort of uh, discography has been like, oh, people think, you know, that it just got it overnight. But actually, you know, I've actually been putting in the work, you know. And so this is him like really detailing that. Like, I thought that was cool. Um, I did want to point out this isn't a criticism of the album. I was lazy, all right? I didn't, uh, I didn't feel like pulling up Genius. You weren't going to listen to a 24-minute album, you son of a bitch? <laughs> no, no, no. I didn't feel like pulling up Genius. I, I pulled up the Spotify in-app lyric oh, thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I wanted to read what I... what, what came up. Mm. It said, Ambitious, 19-year-old, I just signed a deal. Now my next Sub-Zero. What? No, it should be my neck is Sub-Zero, right? My next Sub... How? <laughs> How did that happen? Spotify. Spotify. Hire me. Hire me. I will go through these lyrics. I will, I will, get, I will get you right. I will get you right. Come on. That's ridiculous. Like, That's shameful. How... How did, like, that's not grammatically You're correct. Right. That doesn't fit. You know they throw in this fucking and, chat GPT trying to get these lyrics in. <laughs> like, context-wise, no way. Like, I heard, I read along, and it was seriously, I paused it. I was like, that's not right. <laughs> like, no way did Jack Harlow say, my next Sub-Zero. I was like, that's not, that's not what he said. Even if you could be like, oh, it kind of sounds like he said next. No, no, no. I know for a fact he did not. I know he said next. Yeah. This <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought was low-key chill joint. Not much to write home about, but I thought it was, like, solid enough. Um, then gang, 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 which, like, I, you know, I get it. I get what the message of the song is. And I actually did kind of, I was teetering a little bit on the gang, 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 gang. <laughs> but I did actually kind of end up liking it that but what I don't like is the repetition in these verses where I'm just like, dude, oh. get to the point. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, the one thing I didn't really like about They Don't Love It was just his, they don't love it, they don't love it, they don't, fucking chorus, his repetitive oh, yeah, ass yeah, chorus. Yeah, no. He really does rely on that. Where yes. it's like, no, you're right dude, about that. For come sure. on. 
I liked like the first verse in the idea initially of doing the like, oh, you know, uh, uh, like I heard that my my your, our friend did like I just came back home of visiting. And then I heard that uh, Marcus did something kind of messed up. Like what? Wait, which Marcus? Because it can't be. Yes, our Marcus. The same Marcus we collected Pokemon cards with. Yes, that Marcus. Like at first it was kind of like, a, oh, yeah, I get that. Having that shock of really like, whoa, I can't believe that. How is this true? But then when it like happens in the second verse, it's just like, yes, our Kevin, the Kevin is that Kevin yeah, it's like dude over, get to it I guess I was a little underwhelmed by the fact that like it was basically just like three predators over and over and over again yeah like you kind of like you could have added like unless it is you know real shit then you know good for you of airing that out but maybe like a little bit of variety of like what they're doing like it is important though because, you know, it, 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 it's a double-edged sword in that way. Like, I wish it could have touched on more issues than just the one, but it is so fucking important how men will so quickly run to defend their right. friends when they're it's, accused of some so, really horrible shit. So, so that's why I actually really like the third verse where he gets into a little bit more, you know, detail where he's like, you know, truthfully, his family till it can't be gang till an ang, uh, twins, but it depends, brothers till something's uncovered. You know, and he's just like, uh, I always got you turns into, well, I never thought you'd years of camaraderie suddenly disappear, almost like you were never here. Unconditional love becomes very conditioned when push comes to shove, and all that talk of taking bullets suddenly feels foolish. Picture him turn into ad campaigns, you gotta pull it. I mean, a uh, picture with him turn into ad campaigns, you gotta pull it. And it's like, and it's like, I love how it like, you know, it doesn't take glee, right? And going like, oh, we're taking this person to test. It's just like, no, man, this is somewhere that meant something to me. But I'm like, but I can't let that fly, you know? Like, but at the same time, it's just like, it feels like it's trying to grapple with that, honestly. Like where he says, uh, cause he says that one lyric is like, feet held to the fire. We hold accountable the ones we hold dear out of morals, but mainly out of fear. The choice becomes clear and years of camaraderie suddenly disappear, almost like you were never here. And so it's like, there's a bit of like the admitting to like, the, the hastiness of it, right? Where it's just like, oh man, like, no, I can't mess with you like that. But then there's that like sort of regret of like, but man, I didn't know this person for so long. And it's just like, okay, I, I, I mean, you know, you know, I mean, is there the idea of restorative justice? Is it possible? Or is this person like this type of piece of shit who's just like, no, he's not going to change that behavior. That's who he is. And like, ooh, yeah, you, if you're not accepting that, you, you, you got to leave this guy alone. You got to cut him off. You know what I mean? Like the type of guy who doesn't see what the big deal is. You know what I mean? Like. It, it's a song I kind of wished Brockhampton would have done mm, about Amir. Yeah, yeah. Like, they like did we their, got like, the song. They did their We're Angry at You song where they didn't really do their calling out, like, you know, the, you should yeah, call out assault, you know, like that sort of thing. Like, yeah. Like, they were all mad and they were airing their frustrations, but I don't think they specifically addressed what he had did. Yeah, it, it, it comes off more directly like, this shitty thing that you did is affecting us right now. <laughs> yeah, it's like, which we is don't give a, a fuck feeling, about the which, person. But, I mean, yeah, it does seem like it's sliding across the, yeah. This is how it affected us, so now <laughs> it's a problem. Right. It's like, oh, shit, okay, that's that's weird. Um, but th this is very ballsy, though, I will say if Jack, because if anybody he's associated with... Uh, yeah. <laughs> d now we're all gonna turn and look at oh, Jack. Well, you better do the right fucking thing, yeah, dude. No, no. We heard that song. Hey, I mean, look. 
Now you gotta do the right thing. We're all gonna say some shit. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, Denver, I thought was a really strong cut too, though. I think that's a strong contender for best song on the album, also. Yeah, him doubting how he's living his life and feeling like he's disappointing people. You know, I thought that was I thought the emotion of that really came through. No enhancers. I was like, I wrote down like, how the hell is this the pre hook? Oh my god! She, she know yeah. I'm a romancer. You know I make you laugh like no one else. You love my banter. It's like after what you uh-huh. just after what you just said. Like I, I, my homeboy just beat cancer. Like what? Does that make the lady swoon? Like what the fuck? <laughs> that's his banter. Yeah. I call my ex no answer. As in that's why you're already getting the drink thrown in your face. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I call my ex no answer. As in that's my nickname for her. Cause when I call no answer. Go in the house. <laughs> And then, oh yeah, and that song only has one verse in it. And I just realized that. I was like, wait, it just does that one thing. And it doesn't, and the, the verse starts with, she don't even know her daddy. I'm like, okay, dude, you can't. Oh, no. Like, <laughs> now this is the sexy banter. <laughs> That's, I think that line is right after it. <laughs> Yo. What in the This song is worse than I remember. Oh my God. I, I gave this kind of a passing grade. I must have been... <laughs> I don't know where my head was. <laughs> this is way worse than I remember. <laughs> oh, my God. And then, I got to retrofix my fucking score. Yeah, my whole album uh, here, score. Okay, well, you know, honestly, honestly, I got to say, later on on the uh, Bjork album, just to give a little bit away, uh, learning some info about some of the info behind the scenes of some of the songs actually did kind of weirdly affect my ability to enjoy certain songs. Not completely kill it but it was just kind of just made it a step down for some weird reason and we'll get into it because boy Bjork is her own thing but uh, anyway back to this <laughs> you know RC I think context is the word of the day mm. but we'll, we'll we'll get to that here in maybe a minute for or sure, two for sure. even. so it can't be it can't be. <laughs> Indeed. Like, with the monocles popping from my <laughs> eyes, it can't be. After the track one... Dropping in my champagne. After track one, we had, like, a little bit of, you know, like, self-consciousness, you know? Like, you have this track where he's, like, doing this, you know, speaking incredulously. Oh, it must be my skin. That's the reason why I'm famous. I can't think of any other reason why I win. I can't think of any explanation. It can't be the years of work <sighs> I put in. It can't be the absence of any facade. <sighs> it can't be the worldwide hometown pride. So I guess it must be my skin. I can't think of any other reason I win. I can't think of any other explanation. I it's must like, be an industry dude, plant, RC. Stop it. Like... It really made me want to like it. Like I, he built up so much goodwill, dude. Like where it was just like, man, forget that last album. We're on. It's a new day, and he's seen the error of his ways and records crash. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Leave this on the cutting room floor. I don't need to hear it. Yeah. Oh my god! I was like, are you kidding me? Like, yes, my skin had nothing to do with my. <laughs> It's like, dude, come on. What the hell is going on? And that's not even to take away from his work ethic, but it's like, it's inexorable that like, you know, your, you know, gender, race, class, whatever, it, small advantages that you had helped you out. Like, come on now. Like, let's not, come on. Like, you know, blame on me comes in and almost makes me forget the last song, but you know, it does really well. <laughs> I liked how it basically like talks about like, you know, 
family trauma and really lays out how that really affects you know a person and and goes through the family because it starts off being like the little brother talking about how he felt all bullied and left behind and like his older brother didn't care and then the older brother having like it's this really dark moment where like the younger brother starts off saying like you know i haven't brought it up because i thought you didn't really like care about me so i didn't say anything and then Later on, the brother is like talking about how he feels bad about how he's treated him. You know, he's like, baby brother, I don't have an excuse, but I know you remember the way that dad would let loose on me more often and way less you. He criticized and tested me, so I'd test you. I got so much wrongdoing to confess to, and you act like it never happened. God bless you. Like, that was like the real hitting moment of like, and man, you're just like, you're not even bringing up how much of a dick I've been to you. Like, you're a good younger brother, yeah. man. And you're just like, the, oh, like the miscommunication that's happening, but like hearing how they're feeling mm -hmm. and then having the third verse from what I thought was like the dad oh. perspective. Like, it was just like, holy yeah. fuck, man. Oh, like he actually really fucking hit one with this one, you know? They would kind of end on a dud. Yeah, with questions. I was like, what? Okay. It's like, I thought it was fine. Well, it's the typical, the, will they still love me tomorrow? You know, what, what if I grew another fucking head? That was one question. Yeah, what if I grew another fucking head and his name was Ed and he headbutt me every time I cussed? Uh, uh, would you still, like, fuck with me every time I buzz? You know, like, it's like, okay. <laughs> How long will they care about me in Dayton County or Bennington County or whatever county he said, you know? I came away with a three and a half. I get it. Got a three and a half as well. Yeah, feels quite fitting. I wrote down four. That's not right. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, the more I think about it, no. Yeah, this absolutely was not a four. Uh, three and a half at most. There's just one too many misses, and it's so short that they mean a lot more, you know? We're heading on to the first of two. Kofi requests, and if you want to request an album to be reviewed on a future episode, head over to our Kofi, that is ko-fi.com slash off. that is G-O-I-N-O-F-F, -F, and you can record an album to be reviewed on a future episode of the podcast. What was that? I was just hyping you up by saying, what, what? Oh, oh, what? <laughs> so this was requested by DLP and its second stage Turbine Blade, by Coheed and Cambria. That's right. We've talked about this before. The context mm. is is crucial. It's key. I, I would assume, especially for something like this. I listened to this album twice. I listened to this album at work, and I dug it. I was rocking. I was like, okay, this album's cool. Later today, I'll go home, I'll read along to it, and I'll take the notes of the lyrics, <laughs> because I'm at work. There's a lot of noise going on. Sure. I can't really pay close attention. So I'm just going to read this from the Genius page. Mm, mm. The album begins with the story of a husband and wife known as Coheed and Cambria who were implanted with a virus that has the potential to destroy the entire universe and are told that their children have inherited a mutated and incurable version of the same virus that could trigger once they reach maturity. Coheed and Cambria are faced with the dilemma of either murdering their own children or letting the universe end. That's the story? When I was at work... I didn't pick up on that at all. <laughs> yeah, fuck no. And, um... What in the hell? I don't think I've ever listened to... And it's funny that this isn't a rap album. This is, you know, like, emo, uh, 
hard rock, I guess. Yeah, chemical, um, my chemical romance type, you know, yeah. 100%, yeah. That I've done, I did more uh, cliff note, footnote <laughs> clicking on the lyrics of this album than any album we've ever done. And you can't keep up. Like it's <laughs> No, that's the problem. I constantly needed context and explanations because what's what's to this album's detriment, okay? This is the debut album debut. from the band named debut. Coheating Cambria. Debut! The, I thought this was like the problem. The episode the problem, four. RC. The problem <laughs> is that they were a band already. And the beginning of the story... You've already missed out on. So, so you're being dropped in like the first maybe half hour into oh a movie. Oh my god, I feel like... You're not introduced to the characters. You're not introduced to the story. I'm watching an anime on Toonami and like I just started watching it. I don't know, I'm not sure if this is episode one. I'm already five minutes in. <laughs> like, you know, and we just got, and like, I don't know what the fuck is happening. I'm like, is that, who's that character? What's it? Things are just running by me. I'm like, where, who's going where? Where is that Tenchi? Is that, is that person in love with them? Is that person, a, wait, is that person, is that cat also a ship? What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> so you've got, an intro track, which is very creepy. I dug it. Oh, it was I very nice I was to like, set a tone. Oh, here we go. I'm settled in. I always heard. I heard the myths and legends of Coheed and Cambria. That it's, you know, the, the, that it's going to be, you know, some musical, like, uh, you know, mu rock opera. You know what I'm saying? Of sorts. Where yeah. Your, your brain is going to be, like, hanging hanging on edge for what comes next and what comes after this. And, you know, where the plot's going to go. It's going to zig and it's going to zag. And I... Like the whole time. Did, did it not zig? I literally, this is what I thought. It's like, this sounds like really good mid 2000s emo music. I cannot sure. for the life of me tell you what any of this is about. I no, none of this no. sticks at all. And it's one of those things where I was like, it was, it was honestly kind of like incredible. Like, cause I, you know me, man, I'm the lyric understander. Yeah. Okay. I'm the guy who's like, yep. oh yeah, let's dig in. Let's think about the David Bowie lyrics and what they mean. And you know, like I enjoy, I, you know, when I get to a David Bowie song, I'm going to be like, I enjoy kind of having the moment of like, yo, what is this about? Let's think about these lyrics and then go through and then like have that double enjoyment of now, like thinking about what he was thinking when he made the song, like, oh yeah, da, da, da. with this, I'm like time consumer. This first track, first of all, just that, that title, <laughs> the pretentiousness, but also the, is it self-aware <laughs> how long these fucking mm. songs are? Um, but it's like, yeah, the first thing I wrote was like, this sounds good. I just can't connect any di direct emotion to what's happening in the admittedly stellar instrumentation. But I, I, yes. I just like, I just don't like the first thing it says is like the young stale memories of play the role to your part. Librarian, find me the pole, the one that kicks your head in. To my own name, roll your own innocence by. Grab onto my sleeve, the one that grabs at your ankle. Debate to understand that we all have a flaw, then fail to represent your life as you know it. I'm like, I, what? And I wrote, I was like, 
this feels like a maybe like a ghost face killer type thing where like if you know the very specifics of what he's talking about it makes sense but as soon as you're like not keyed in and not into the very specifics of that it just washes off your brain like water off a duck's back like as long as like i'm not getting anything from what's being said it's not even like that thing where like you know how because sometimes like the balance of doing a good you know concept album is the idea of here's a song that you could listen to and not know the full context but it still works enough emotionally, especially when it hits on the hooks, that like, oh, that feels like a universal emotion. But then when you get into the verses, it's actually giving you a little bit more detail where it's actually saying a little bit more. You know what I mean? Like, that's how it's supposed to work, right? Where it's like, here's the trick. Oh, here's a story that goes from song to song. But doesn't it just feel like it could just be a normal song? Like, that's kind of what you're supposed to be doing, right? And with these, it's like competent musically for sure. But I'm just not feeling any of the emotion of what's being said like there's like one or two times where i was like oh i can connect with what's being said there in a way where i don't need to you know be involved with everything that's being heard you know because that's the idea like you don't need to understand every nook and cranny of every lyric to enjoy like the idea that could be like this lyric is so strong it rocks you through the whole emotion and maybe later on you can come back and understand what everything else is about but in the moment of listening to a song and really enjoying it it's like you latch on to one or two lyrics that really like you know makes you understand the deeper emotion of what possibly going on in the song but with some of these it was so hard to grasp onto that's why i specifically included a lot of the information that i was getting from the footnotes because i knew i wanted to message you and be like you need to click those or you're not gonna have any idea what this album's about <laughs> you're gonna have a bad time you're gonna have a bad time <laughs> and i think that you know like, the thing is, there is a congruent comic book series that goes yeah, that's along... that's what I saw! I was like, wait, there's a comic book? What's, what's happening? Yeah, the, <laughs> the, the, the guy from the band, he, he makes the comic, the, the comic book, which is not unsimilar to Gerard Way of My Chemical Romance, coincidentally enough. But yeah, if you read the comic, the, the albums are almost a companion piece to the comic. It's like, oh, you you already read the comic, you know the story. These are the songs about what happens uh, in the comic. But if you didn't read the comic, you don't know who any of these people are. You don't know what's happening. But the thing about it is, the issue with it is, it doesn't even work well enough to do it without, because it is possible to do that without that, right? It is possible to make these songs in a way where you can still enjoy them and, oh, here's the supplementary material if you want to, but this is completely the reverse. It's like, it's the comic verse first, it's the story first, and then here's the supplementary music that you'll be listening to as you read back through it, I guess. The fourth album by uh, My Chemical Romance, uh, Danger Days, it has a through narrative of a DJ who comes on in between every few songs and tells you what this group of uh, the, the, the fabulous killjoys are doing in this wasteland. And like, if they get shot down, he'll like give you a report along the way. And that's the main story, but the songs themselves don't really like deal. Like a warrior's thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but the songs themselves don't really deal with that. They, they stand on their own. Then they put out a comic book about the story that is happening during the album and the, they work the songs and what the songs are about into the story of the comic book. Already listened to the album, now you actually see what was happening during the album. It makes the al it, it gives you a better appreciation 
for what was happening during the songs of like, okay, now all that clicks together. That works way better than this, I would say. Because you've got songs where this guy is sitting there and he's, he's cradling his dead children that he just killed because he was convinced that they, they were infected with this virus that if he did not kill his own children, they would lead to the downfall of society and human and all human life on the planet only to find out that the person who told him that fucking lied to him that's terrible you do not get that when you're listening to the song not it doesn't translate all. there's nowhere in here where you're allowed to breathe and like take in any emotion that's the problem you know like there's one point i think it's like maybe like seven tracks in there was like one point where it feels like the musical instrumentation kind of changes and like another person is talking in a way where it's just like, oh, oh, I can actually feel like there's another character here because I can feel how it's like presenting this new character. Like it was like the one moment where I was just like, oh, right, right. There's supposed to be some kind of story, right? Like, but with, and you know what's insane? Like American Idiot, I feel like when we looked at that album, we were able to get a clearer, like not a full story, but the, I feel like, you know, they do enough so that you want to fill in the details if you're not really, you know, fully understanding what's going on. It does such a good job of setting up this world that when the parts kind of feel a little blurry, you're, you feel invited and compelled to fill in the blanks, right? Like that's what good art does when it has its abstract moments, especially music. And I will say later on with Bjork, an album that we're directly about to listen to, even though it's not a direct uh, uh, narrative, I also at least got that feeling of that. Like I could feel a, oh, here's one lyric that feels like it's calling back to something earlier. Oh, I can feel how this lyric is like, like I can feel those little moments, even in like, I could feel that that didn't even feel intentional, but it was just, I'm working on this album and I'm kind of saying things similar. Like I, so I got more of a narrative, like netting and sort of like pull together from that than I got out of any of this. And that's what's so insane as I'm listening to this. I'm like, like we could go track the track, but I'm like, I don't even know what's the point. Cause I was like, what? Like what did I even say? Like the the one thing I thought was especially weird was on Devil in Jersey City, where there's one part where it says like, uh, uh, well, first of all, because it starts off with the hee hee shibuti, where I was like, okay, that's a little silly. Like, you know, I, I don't need to know the explanation behind that. That's just kind of just fun and stupid, you know. <laughs> it's it's the former name of the band. No, and oh also, my god, is it the, the chemical time bomb that goes off that starts the? <laughs> so <laughs> it, it's it's just a word uttered by one of the children in the comic book. That's uh, that's again supposed to be a little nod to that. If you read the comic, you'd get it, RC. Are you that, or are you not the comic book nerd here? In that wonderful, like we were sitting in Spider-Man three, and it's like no, no, you see, that's a reference to. It's actually really clever that they put in that there. <laughs> you know it's, it's like, not their fault you don't know <laughs> the comic books and, out there you just got to do the research you got to do the legwork yeah yeah in order to enjoy this muppet movie you have to have looked in to see that that muppet was you know part of the 90s part of the muppet so it's actually very special that they mm. included that muppet you see um but that's yeah, why like, I, that's definitely why <laughs> i didn't want to save this for last because i knew we were not going to have <laughs> a lot to say because what is there to say they're all great yeah. songs they all sound really good i i like the they're competent um, yeah i like the music the the vocalist has a very unique voice that i appreciate right there's Every songs now that and then break I feel out like into he's 
Hmm? Every now and then, I feel like it spills over into a little silly with the where it just goes a little. Okay, I feel like that. Yeah, there it. was one or two points in that. Yeah, because like uh, Surge Tankian can do the <laughs> screaming thing, and it's like I take it serious, but not serious. Like it balances it well mm. enough. You know what I mean? With yeah. this, I feel like it didn't balance that. Where I was just like, oh, that felt a little too silly. That felt like a little too loose. You know, you needed a second take on that. And then I, I did like the one lyric. Uh, uh, what it's like. Like, I, I like it, but I don't know how, if I like it, where it's just like, I just like that it's a really weird, different texture where he says, uh, uh, scream loud, scream sayonara, sweet Josephine, will you fuck me back home? Like, oh, where yeah. it sounds like he's almost embarrassed to say it or something like that, where it's just like, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can't be overheard. Yeah, right. And then this one, uh, Evolve Monster, <laughs> where I was like, uh, that's the name of the, uh, of the virus. Oh, yeah, that's what I read the... Because I was like, yeah, I was looking at the hook. Evolve, Monstar, show me the things I've never wanted done. Evolve, Monstar, do to me the things I never wanted done. And it's like, this is what I mean by it. It's like, you got to have a hook that could be universal enough where someone could think that it's about, you know... But with this, I'm like, I'm not sure what emotion I'm supposed to be getting from this. And then I look it up, the explanation. The Monstar virus exists in IRO bot Coheed as a weapon that, when activated through the sting of the dragonflies, will allow him to transform into a monster capable of draining one of the stars of Sirius that make up the keywork, which holds the 78 planets Heaven's Fence together. This is the plan of the tyrannical Wilhelm Ryan, who wants to remove the nine planets nearest to Star 7 from Heaven's Fence due to their continued resistance to his rule. Okay. This is just common shit, RC. I hear people all the time talking about this. You know, it's just going over our heads. It's our problem. Like, this is fucking AMV core is what this is. This is fucking, you know, like, this is the AMV core, but after you watch the video, you actually find out, oh, and, and you look at the link in the description and say, if you actually want to check out the comic that I wrote, you know, like, that's what this is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I mean... I do appreciate how much effort is put into this story. It's a very unique story, and there's a lot of dedication to it, and I think that's great. It doesn't really make for a super enjoyable album. It doesn't on a... make me care. Yeah. No, like, it, it's enjoyable, like I had said, in passing, when I was at work, I thought it sounded great. Um, but yeah, if you pay attention and you're, and you're reading along, it's like, I don't know... What, like, where I'm supposed to be jumping in? <laughs> yeah. Like, if there was some sort of narration in between some of the songs that give you some right. kind of context, that's really yeah, all setting. you would need. Yeah. Not much. Uh, 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 I mean, for God's sakes, you had like 30 seconds in that intro of nothing happening. You could have yeah. at least have like a, what sounds like a little transcript from Bioshock or something. You know, Stardate <laughs> S47, you know, like. <laughs> Yeah, j just tell me who Coheed and Cambria are, what right, they're doing. Just tell me who they are. <laughs> but no, they just don't even take the time to do that. You're just supposed to know that going in, and that that and makes for an awkward listen. Yeah, and, and like the one song that I remember really liking, Delirium Trigger, where it starts off with the. We're now up here alone. Terror on the intercom. Can someone save us? Systems malfunction. Blast at this damn machine. Over and out, Captain. Like, 
that was a good, oh, I'm feeling the intrigue. I want to know where things are going. Oh, it seems like he's stranded. He's lost. What's going on? You know what I mean? Like, that was one of the few times I was like, oh, what is happening? Where? What's going on? And then, yeah, I, it pissed me off because it was like, I was actually kind of being pulled along with the imagery on this one. It's like, parasitic cyst, I can't stand to watch. It's coming up and out of your chest. I'm like, oh, what's going on? Okay, I'm actually able to, you know, be, like, see through the mist and see what the imagery is happening here. And then all of a sudden, it just cuts and goes, remember when we were young? And then it's like, oh, and now we're, and like, what? We're we doing a flashback? I'm like, oh, now I'm <laughs> lost again. I don't know where we are again. Like, you know, like. <laughs> yeah, like, if you're just talking about something happening, then, yeah, that's, you know, if you're being descriptive, especially, that's easy to grab onto and be like, oh, okay, I know what's going on. But when, like, the main thing of the song is you're throwing names at me and, like, dialogue between people I don't know, I can't appreciate what's happening because I don't know who these people are and what's happening. That freaking, when you close your eyes, oh, oh, that did a better job of establishing two different characters than this freaking album does. Yeah. I do remember liking the hook of it, though, where it, like, I think the hook of this one, that's what I was feeling. I was like, it's only when I can feel certain lyrics kind of, you know, illustrating something that really gives me some emotion where he says like uh where he says like oh dear god i don't feel alive when you're cut short of misery will you pray it to be the end give a look surprised wide-eyed to me and then like then you'll know just who i am the scare that the scare that triggers your fear come know me in a different light now come know me as god i was like yeah. okay that's like kind of like yeah there's something going on here there's some sort of uh, goes uh the comma brings the day like you know i can kind of see something going on here you know mm-hmm um, and here shot kid disaster, just this fucking name. Like what, what is, okay, whatever. But, <laughs> um, but the only thing I can remember, I wrote down, I was just like, yes, track six. And I had gotten to the point where I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to write down whatever actually sticks out to me and see if I actually like care about anything. The only thing that's like, I was like the arm that killed the president and, uh, this wee itty bitty high sounding voice that's interrupted by the unrestrained and kind of awkward sound <laughs> screaming. Rah! But I was just like, I was just not invested in the emotional plot of what's happening. That's that's what it is. It's like the emotional plot of what's happening. I don't care about. You know, you you can do all this like, oh, then they ran over here, and then they went under here, and then they went over here. But it's just like, make me care about who this is, regardless of what's happening to them. You know, like. Like, God damn it! there are Prince songs where, like, um, what was it, Raspberry Beret, where it, it's not that much detail and story, but, like, you kind of get that feeling of, like, oh, it was sunny at one point, but then it's getting kind of stormy, and then the storm is happening while we're in the we're in the barn and having sex. Like, you know, you can very directly understand where the narrative is going, and it gives you enough real space to get that, you know what I mean? Like, this isn't, like, a rap album where they gotta, like, rap it. But, hell, when we did that Prince Paul album, <laughs> we were way able to get a clear like you know picture of what's happening and they were saying words probably just as fast as this you know mm -hmm. just the title i'm telling you a title can kill a song man these title 33 june song provision uh, the amaretics protocol the afrax but whatever, whatever the fuck are these names like i don't care the godsend conspirator uh, never ender i wrote right next to it never ender indeed look at the length of these fucking tracks <laughs> it's very funny that if you're just if if you're someone if you're just going on spotify and you're listening to an emo playlist and Cohen Cambria comes on and you're listening to it you'd have no idea how nerdy this shit is and that's not <laughs> a critique it's just a fact, you know, like yeah. I'm not saying it's bad, 
Like, I like nerdy shit. I like nerdy music. It's fine. But... It makes yeah, it not you, very accessible. <laughs> no. And, I mean, good for them for not caring if it's accessible. You know, I, I think that's, yeah. you know, admirable. If you got your just, fans, you got your fans. That's fine. And if they like the story and they're invested in the story, I'm sure this meant a lot. You know, I'm sure it furthered the story and added a lot of world building. I just didn't know. I just wish I was invited. Uh, I, I feel like I'm, you, you just know. gotta let us in, man. Yeah. Let me like, like this. Yeah. Let I me, want like to. You. Let me yeah, like it. Like I said, there's so many. Like, uh, insane clown posse for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> when you listen to one of their albums, no, their concept doesn't really stick together. But you do kind of, by the end, feel like that you've been through a dark carnival of some sort. You know, like, right. oh, it gives you some, you know, the sound of some carnival music. It gives you some, uh, the the voice guy, hey there, you know, come to the uh, house of horror. You know what I mean? Like, it gives you some sort of settings and trappings that lets you in. With this, there's like one part, part during the June song provision where there's like a, a spoken interlude where it's like, I don't believe retirement is included in the contract because then the contract would expire if we rush it this time there would be fitting and the first thing i was thinking was like okay we're finally getting some detail wait, wait does this guy sign a contract a long-term contract where they wouldn't let him retire that sounds immediately stupid wait who is this guy <laughs> <laughs> you know like that's all the detail we're getting here go well, that was a bad move yeah it's like ah, this doesn't sound like the smartest dude <laughs> is this who we've been following the whole time <laughs> oh um... man uh, although I did like the music change up in there. Like, I thought that was really yeah. cool in June Song Provision. Yeah. I thought that was nice. I really liked um, how creepy um, June Song Provision uh, got by the end. Yeah. And this is the one where I noted this is the one where it felt like my ears could actually listen to and absorb when it felt like another person was talking. Where it was just like, oh, there's another person happening now. Okay. Um, well, then there was that one lyric. What was this? The, Wait for me, all right? I'm still a boy down there. When you want to promise me that, wait for me, all right? I'm still a boy down there. And I'm like, I, what is that supposed to mean? What is that? What's happening? As I I gave up taking notes at that point. <laughs> so I, I can't help you there, unfortunately. <laughs> then a uh, godsend conspirator. I thought it was a solid groove to take us out. Mm-hmm. But, uh... I like the dear Mariah. The world's not big enough for the both of us. The world ain't big enough for two of us. Uh, and then I like the little dear Mariah. Come sleep in your own. I, I like what was happening there. The little smooth uh, beat switch up with, and the little bit of piano that happens at the end after the song's completely done. And mm. It doesn't really do anything or nothing really happens. It's just a nice piano. And I was like, okay, well that's nice, but again, competent. But I'm not sure why it's happening. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure we're going to get crucified for it, for not being super in the loop here. But we tried, all right? Like I said, I, when, if it is accessible, I will access it. <laughs> but if it's not accessible, I can't access it. You know, it's got to be open to me. It can't be like, solve these riddles three into this puzzle box thing, and then you, you'll you finally care about the... No, like, it's like you have to care initially. And I feel like it's... With a lot of artists, I feel like it's like... You have to do the balancing act of making the type of music that someone who cares about you can also care about, but then type making the type of music where... If you don't care about it, you could still get into it. You know what I'm saying? And it's fine if you don't want, you know, people to access it. That's fine. 
but you have to be okay with the fact that people are going to note that it's hard to access it. You know, you can't complain that it's hard to access. You can't act like you didn't do the work to make it accessible, you know? What did you end up walking away with here? A three and a half. I got a four. Like, and I think, rightly so, like, because like I said, it's not like this music doesn't sound good. It's not like if you listen to this, you're not going to be like, oh, that was well done. It's just, I don't think you're going to care, you know? Yeah, exactly. We head on over to the main event. None other than Bjork. That's right. And Post. And I don't need to tell y'all. Y'all could probably guess. But it's Dr. Goat, man. Coming on through. They got a lot of hooks in the water right now. They got Mm -hmm. the Beatles with Abbey Road Uh, and the White Album. They're taking us on a journey. (laughs) I even talked to them outside of the podcast, and they already have an idea of the next Beatles one they were going to request, but they're probably not going to be able to do that until next year because they've already uh, got the uh, the Bjork timeline, the David Bowie timeline. Oh, my goodness. Uh, (laughs) They got a whole bunch of other stuff going on right now. You see. Uh, Right now we're back to Bjork, and it's been a minute, but we're back with the... um, very big tonal shift from the more subdued, unassuming debut to yeah. now the super bombastic, in-your-face, industrial-tinged post. But still with, like, classical acoustic music, like, yes. accoutrement around the album, you know? Like, it's so uh-huh. fascinating. <laughs> Every song makes me so fucking excited for the journey you're going to go down because you have no idea. And if you think, you know, at the beginning, by the end, the song has completely taken you in a different direction where it's just like, oh, my God. Okay, I had no idea what to expect here. The one song where it felt like that happened the least for me was track one. That one felt the most like this feels like Bjork is a big superstar and they got to give her the big honking hit song. And so, look, you know, I know you got to do all that experimental shit, but we just need a verse hook, verse hook, and a big scratching, like, crunchy thing underneath you that when you play the arenas, this is going to sound really good and big. Like, that's what this track sounded like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but, like, and while I do, like, enjoy it, like, and I remember really enjoying it, like, initially when I at least thought I knew what it was about. Um, like when I first heard it, I thought it was either going to be like, Oh, is this like a, you know, someone pushing back against like a, a, a you know, a mean ex lover, you know, and saying like, Hey man, if you give me shit, you're going to face an army of me. You know what I'm saying? Like, and now it, it does feel like the lyric army of me does feel like a little, I'm trying to make a big lyric, but you know what I mean? Like, it's like the, Look how big I'm going to be. It's going to be like an army of me, you know. But oddly enough, when I watch the music video, that feels more oddly appropriate to what it feels like is going on. Where it's like, you know, like an army of two. Like there's two of me and we're and we're taking things on. You know what I mean? But now here's the thing. At first I was thinking, oh, wait, yeah. Is this song about like getting back at a, you know, uh, 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 a disrespectful lover and being like, yeah, you're going to you're going to take an army of me. This is what you're going to have to deal with. You know what I mean? Or, oh, is it about Big Brother watching you? You know, it's like if you like talk back against the you know the system you're gonna take an army of me you know and it's her doing a sort of satirical look at 1984 you know sort of thing and then i looked up what it's about you know what it's about right her younger brother was having a bit of a crazy period at the time so i wrote this for him it's sort of a big sister telling the little brother off song 
And oh, that's right. Him, yeah, because he's like he's like a layabout. Yeah, and it's like telling him he has no right to complain about his life anymore when he's doing nothing to make it better. Like that's kind of thing. And it was like when she says that specific thing, like you have no right to complain about your life when you're not doing anything to make it better. Like that sentiment, I can understand, right? Like trying to get that cl- through to them is like, you know, and you could be saying like, look, I'm your big sister, like, and I'm doing good, man. And I'm, you know, using my wits to like get ahead. You need to use yours to get ahead, you know, like that sort of thing. But that's not what comes through in the sentiment of the hook. You know, like the sentiment of the hook is, and if you complain, you'll deal with an army of me. Like, that's not a get up, get out and do something. That's a, you better shut up or you're going to be talking to, you know, old Peggy Sue, you know, you know, the five fingered in your face. You know what I mean? Like, this feels like Lucy. This feels like Stan's older brother, Shelly, about to give him a knuckle sandwich. Not like <laughs> someone like who's actually here. Yeah, like, so that's what kind of soured me on it. I'm like, oh, that's what the song is about. So, like, the brashness in her voice feels so much meaner now. <laughs> like, it's just like, why are you being like that? Like, like, and I understand giving tough love, but the hook doesn't sound like tough love. It sounds like, I'm tired of your shit and get the fuck out. And, like, it, it, like, it feels like, it feels like what she's feeling is, I've, you know, had to deal with you 11 million times and I'm sick of it and, you know, this is the flash straw. And what it feels like, you know, if you ask the brother, it would be like, dude, I'm just doing bad and out, like, for the first time and, like, out of college. And I just kind of needed a place to stay for a couple of months. You know what I mean? It feels like she might be being a little too hard, like, you know? <laughs> like, because she's going so hard, it makes me want to have sympathy, you know? And she doesn't really give any detail of how bad he's doing. And the stuff that she does say feels like she's being dismissive of, like, what, you know, it's like, you're all right. There's nothing wrong. Self-sufficiency, please. Get to work. Like, it just feels so like, oh, uh. And then that was the next thing. Because I looked up. So it was like, the singer further explained that the song, quote, imagine you're in a club. Imagine you're in a club full of heavy metal types and grunge people. Army of me is like someone's granny blasting over over the PA and saying, snap out of it, stop whining, wash your hair, smarten yourself up. You get what I'm saying? So it's like the more I'm listening to this, the more I'm like, oh, what the fuck? Like, this, like, I thought this was supposed to play in those clubs of like the, yeah, grungy, like, yeah, we're going to take on the man, an army of me, we're all together. But actually it's now, now kids, clean up, don't have your hair be so ratty. And I'm like, are you sick? Like, it became a thing where I was like, I have to stop listening to Bjork talk about her songs because they're ruining the experience. Like, it was like, the more I kept hearing, the more I was like, Ah, you're making it worse. I ended up thinking I knew what songs are about. And then I would <laughs> yeah. look it up, and they would never be as cool as I thought they were. <laughs> yeah. yeah! It's like, are we giving this person too much credit? Are they just weird? And we're, like, trying to look through the glass, and the glass is really looking back at us, you know? Like... <laughs> So I was just like, well, okay, I'm wrong again. That sucks. I'm just going to stop rating these because, yeah, uh, I was right. in the same boat as you. Just like, I really liked the picture I painted in my head. Because, yeah, like, Army of Me with with little unassuming Bjork feeling super threatening with this. Right. And it's like, it really does just like the epic, hardest fuck instrumental and it's just like, holy shit, this is a tone setter. 
for an album yeah. of just like this is not debut again this is a totally different album i'm on a different kick here so it's like oh yeah. shit things okay, are bigger cool. yeah but then okay what i did not read what hyper ballad was about but i i don't remember oh i actually that one wasn't that bad finding out what that one was about it wasn't too bad it was kind oh, of like oh, a, okay good I, yeah. I did though however I think that, I think her songs are funnier than she probably she probably meant to meant them to be. <laughs> I'm just gonna read this off. We live on a mountain right at the top. The beautiful yeah. view from the top of the mountain. Every morning I walk towards the edge and throw little things off, like car parts, bottles, and cutlery, or whatever I find lying around. That's dangerous as shit. You're throwing Jeez. knives yeah. off a mountain and car parts. What kind of car, car parts? parts? Are we talking yeah, like, like windshield wipers or fucking engines? Like what's happening here? They just and how do you have these things? How did they end up on the yeah, top of a mountain? Getting the, yeah, like <laughs> Then she's like, oh I, I do this every day and it makes me feel more safe. It's like, okay, I don't know how those are connected. The only thing I could think of is like maybe like the intrusive thoughts of like, oh, you think of like, oh, it would be crazy scary if I fell down. And, or maybe like she has dreams about like dying or something like that. Or she fell, you know, and then when she wakes up, she's like having that moment of like, oh, and now I appreciate life so much more because I'm not dealing with that. Like that was the only thing I could think of. It's just like, you know, not allowing like, you know, freak out dreams like that to scare you and instead allowing it to allow you to appreciate life. That's what I was thinking when I heard it. And there was that oh. one line that mm. when you're not really thinking about it too deeply, it kind of comes out of nowhere. The I imagine what my body would sound like slamming against yeah. those rocks like, yeah, oh, shit. Like, what? what? Huh? Uh, yeah. Cause, so it, it feels very, you know, ideation, -y, you know, um, and but but at the same time, like, it feels like it's like sitting on this line between that and also just kind of like the appreciation you know uh, like or maybe like i'm going to those dark places but then i'm pulling back through thinking like this you know like maybe it's that sort of deal um but it's it just like the musicality behind it just does such a good fucking job i think we need to speak to that like the way she flips the techno like what a techno joint can be like it's so beautiful in this track like it starts off very like light you know uh, electronic instrumentation and then just sort of like slightly builds in a way that feels like oh yeah this is kind of like the drop of average techno song and then it takes it beyond that when you feel the violins really soar under like underneath the beat and then the way it comes in at the end like it really feels like we just, we're fucking landing you know where the way it like slows down it is a fucking incredible track i think like the highlight of uh, one of the highlights on the album god damn it oh yeah for sure i mean especially it gets fucking jumping and the strings that join in and like you said end up uh ending the song are fucking incredible yeah yeah but yeah i, I but thinking about the lyrics it just kind of feels so weird in the moment when you're just like listening and being like wait why is she throwing stuff at i don't get is it like a like is she the lady Macbeth? you know uh I'm bored, you know, like, that's what I'm saying, you know, like, oh, my life, uh, I'm, I'm doing little things just to see stuff, uh, just to see some sort of difference and variation happen. Oh, little car parts, see how they flip, you know, like that sort of thing. But, you know, I still, I still was able to enjoy it, especially just, oh my goodness, I'm just remembering, like, how that chord progression went. Oh man, it's so fucking good. 
than the modern things. This is like, this is that good old Bjork where it's like, she clearly started her career when she was a kid, right? You know how they say like, when you get famous is like the year you kind of stop maturing. And I get that feel from her where it's like, you're mad creative. Like I so like, this is what I wrote at one point. Like this is Ame Lee vibes all fucking day with this chick. Like this so feels like the girl you're like, oh man, this is a cool girl. And you know, we're dating. I feel like it could work out because she's so fun and creative. And I, oh, I don't know. She feels a little too weird. I, I don't know. I think this manic pixie dream girl fantasy is biting me in the ass. So she's, she, you know, like, <laughs> like she, she wants to go to cemeteries at night. I don't know. Why am I doing this? Why am I going along with this? This, this is too quirky, <laughs> you know? I think this is just how the song opens. All the modern things, like cars and such, have always existed. They've they've just been there waiting in a mountain for the right moment, listening to the irritating noises of dinosaurs and people. And the way she says, listening to the irritating noise and the way she illuminates it with her voice. Yeah. I always thought that Bjork got this kind of, like, unfair reputation of being, like, over-the-top quirky. I I think I get it. Oh, I definitely get it. But it's like, but come on, don't you see what she's doing? Like, it's not not earned is the thing, you know? Like, Yeah, I think when, when, when people make it sound like... Like she's doing lol to random. Like she's just and it's like, beating no. a chicken on a piano or something like that. Like, yeah. Yeah, like, it's not that, you know? <laughs> like... I don't know. It's this weird, probably based in misogyny, the fucking Yoko oh, no, Ono no, guess no, that no people doubt. just think <laughs> all, all of Yoko's stuff is like nonsensical screeching or something. And you can tell they've not listened to a single right. Yoko right, Ono album right. or they know they're full of shit. A woman being weird and not just making super soft, you know, delicate music, you know, like, yeah. She's not white and she's weird. Her music's got to be bad. Like, all right, whatever. But yeah, I, I just love that initial imagery of like all the modern things. Like that's just such a cool just idea to think of. And that so sounds like a, hey, when I was a kid, you know what I thought of? What if all the things that like, you know, we make now, I mean, they technically come from the earth. Right? That's the thing. She'll make observations that aren't wrong, technically, like, right? Because like, remember the other song was like, there's no logic to human behavior. We'll just be happy and then suddenly be angry. <laughs> and it's like, ah, huh. Yeah, she's not wrong about that. <laughs> like, even though she's weird, <laughs> yeah. she's, like, keying into, like, really essential things and just saying, like, yeah, what if all of these things, I mean, they technically came from the ground. We didn't pull them from space. We didn't pull them out of thin air. Like, they came from the Earth, right? Like, so, you know, what if they were just always... And, you know, it's interesting, like, when I hear it first, you know, because she does the, the, the vocables thing where she's just kind of, like, you know, singing a bit of nonsense. So... Listening to her music for the first time is always this sort of like, is this going to be a word or is this going to be nonsense? You know, like you're always just kind of on edge, you know, this time it actually is Icelandic and not gibberish. So when the song first started and she says, I I thought she was saying all them are dancing like cars and such. So like I thought at first it was either just gibberish or it was just like, you know, nonsense, like, you know, phrases you know like all of them are dancing like cars and such and like just the getting you the image of cars dancing in your head or something like that you know so that's what i thought it was at first and then i had that gobsmacked like because i had that moment where i was like oh man she's like on some ghost face killer like shit and then i was like had that record scratch and i was like why haven't ghost face killer and bjerk done a song together <laughs> that would be the ultimate like 
Mariah Carey old dirty bastard. <laughs> like, oh my god, yeah. One of the alt scene, you know, where it's like, can you imagine Bjork doing this really bonkers co- or like chorus and then Ghostface Killer coming like, both hands is blussy, chilling with my man Rusty, low down, low out the bird, kind of dusty, choking swans with Bjork, feeling like a jerk, <laughs> you know, like, holy snap. <laughs> that would be god damn it that should have fucking happened <laughs> oh and then she has that one lyric where she says they've just been waiting th- those cars they've been waiting to come out and multiply and take over it's their turn now and i was like whoa is this low-key a disney's cars universe theme song what's happening right now <laughs> <laughs> the fucking car yeah they're just they're just biding their time that is an awesome the, imagery the will create us themselves and <laughs> They will update us, and then once we have the AI directly installed, then the ta- takeover will be on us. In fact, yeah, that's what I really liked. When you heard the, the Icelandic and I couldn't understand what she was saying, I thought the vocables were the cars talking to each other in their unintelligible language. So, like, every now and then she says something that sounds like a beep, beep, and da-da-da-da-da something. And so I thought, like, she was joking and being like, they're talking, and the beep happens every now and then because that's how they would speak. Like, I thought she was doing a joke thing there, you know? But no, she was just speaking out like uh, Icelandish, and it just happens to be a word that sounds like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I took note of the um, of the Icelandic lyrics, and they don't really make sense in the context yeah, of what we're talking no. about with... Um, the, uh, no one pays attention to us, the sunsets, no one knows how to pull out the best of me, and then, it's sunny when he delivers a vital breath, he bites me, he bites me, yeah. yes, he approaches me, he follows after, he waits, he flies by me, like, whoa, 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 what are we talking about like, now? I think the first part I can understand, but why is he biting? What is that supposed to mean, like? Yeah, yeah, I wasn't sure about that either, but, you know... Like like the Coheed album, I definitely fell back on this sounds incredible. Right. Like it's hard to be critical of like not understanding what, what like what's going on when she's fucking killing it with the vocals mm. over a really dope drum beat. Like right. there's nothing you, you can't complain. Yeah. You, if you if you complain, <laughs> you're gonna face <laughs> an army of little uh, Astro Boy. Uh, hers apparently. just no exactly i love how she uses the the cgi like for her like single art and stuff like that because honestly oh yeah it actually ages well in the detail that she puts into it because it's like it's so one of those things where like i can tell that probably looks so freaky at the time and because like it doesn't look gimmicky it actually ages well in terms of like it actually feels like it's part of the aesthetic of what it looks like instead of like a lot of stuff at the time like the fucking uh creed album with the the clay man that looks fucking oh pathetic god the, the human that. clay yeah right like it's that yeah that looks like, terrible oh man but this stuff honestly looks it, it, it makes it look even more dynamic and weird and of the time like this looks like someone from now doing the vapor wave thing and going like except she was actually keyed in, in on it the aesthetic beforehand and gets to claim it you know what i mean like <laughs> um but yeah just to end it uh i thought the um I, oh the way she samples herself vocalizing and the way that happens on this album honestly i wanted it more i wanted it so much more because it, it like it reminded me of like 
I remember having the feeling like, oh yeah, I remember when I was a kid and like doing sampling of stuff and doing like, oh yeah, you can sample anything really. You could take anything that has like this weird dynamic sound and repeat it and you can find where the rhythm in it is and then repeat it and then you can build something around it. You can do that with really anything, honestly. And so like hearing her doing that in real time with like, yeah, taking just her vocalizing and then flipping it in a way, it's just like a, oh fuck you creative son of a bitch. Like you fucker, hey, you're so good. You know you deserve it. <laughs> and then we get fucking jazz big band banger like oh, what God. in the fuck and it's so insane because like yeah the, the, i wrote that oh my god girl get your ame leon okay i see you <laughs> because, i love this song so fucking much and it's, it's such a banger it's so insane because it's like i feel like remember on the last album where it felt like it was like one or two songs she would do that would be like oh like someone in love and it's like it feels like there's no acoustic it's all acoustic stuff and it feels like with this album they were like you know, I really want to marry the two together. And someone was like, no, 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 no. You can't put the two together. It's going to be too weird. Put, you can have your instrumental tracks, acoustic tracks, but you also have to have the technical tracks. You have to put them apart. It felt like she fought really valiantly to get the little bits of mixing and crossover that she did get. You know, like it felt like there were, it feels like there's another version of this album where she goes hog wild and does so much more. Like, that's a good feeling, right? Where you're listening to an album and you're just like, dude, more. I want more so much. I hear where you're going and just like dig deeper damn you like you know <laughs> she has the feel of like like it's not that she can't sing she definitely can sing but you hear the parts where she goes wild she goes wild woman on certain parts where she's like wow where it's like okay a typical ella fitzgerald wouldn't have sung it like that but you are able to like sing in that register of that ella fitzgerald smoother style but you bend on the, like the, i felt like she was like a coked out flapper that was like you know she has the steps and can sing it but every now and then she's gonna really scream and go for it and like really sound like she's cutting loose it's like she might slap a bitch you know like <laughs> yeah yeah so it's like it's such an interesting dynamic like and as i was listening to it it's like you know with how how much you know they had you know uh 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 what's her name alex borstein uh, making fun of uh uh, Bjork, you know what I'm saying? I was uh, on Family Guy on Matt TV. I, like as I heard this track, and you know, using the 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 musical brassy sort of thing that uh, uh, Seth, Seth MacFarlane usually does. Like as I was listening to this track, like as much as I loved it, I was still like feeling like it sounds like a flashback in a Family Guy gag. Like you think Dash weird? You must not remember the time P Diddy produced the crossover track with Bjork and Cab Calloway, and then this song comes. You know, and she's like, there's another big riot. <laughs> this was another, I think this was the second Bjork music video I ever saw. There's a music video for this one? Oh my God. I've yeah, it has a thing. dancing mailbox in it. Oh yeah, yeah, and, yeah I got it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it just becomes a big over the top dance. It's so much fun. Oh my God, Bjork. You are you are killing me, Bjork. You are too much. You are Scooby Doo's original name, Bjork. <laughs> Scooby Doo's original name apparently was supposed to be too much. And every time he did oh something my God, that what? was silly, there would be you're too much, too much. Yeah, that's how bad that oh. show was gonna be. Written. Oh man, <laughs> that's almost as bad as um before uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin landed on um and that's the bottom line because Stone Cold said so. Mm. He'd be cutting a promo, and someone and the person interviewing him would say, "Man, that's cold," and Austin would go, "That's." Stone cold, and what? Luckily, he never ended up actually doing that on TV, or else it would never leave him alone, and people would never forget it. But 
That was their first draft. <laughs> Enjoy was a like I first of all, I don't I don't like how present that synth is for so much of this verse. Like how it just goes in the it's, it's just so up there where I'm just like, dude, can you back up? Like, like you know. Um and then and then I was kind of having that moment where it's like Oh, this is her sex song? Is this her sex song? And it's That's like That's what I thought. And like it's so not sexy. <laughs> and it's like and what's funny about it is that like the way she is like it sounds like VR sex, you know, where she's like, oh, this is sex without touching. I'm going to explore. I'm only in this to enjoy. <laughs> and like the way she, it's it, the way she sings it, it's like a primal release, but it doesn't sound like a happy, positive, joyful. It sounds like a dark, psychologically twisted primal release. Like a, yeah, I'm finally getting this off. But like, it's like she's not really like fully grappled and come to grips with it yet to really like illustrate it in the right way. So it feels like a very like oddly asexual, you know, feel to it. You know what I mean? Like, it feels like she's very just like, hmm, this is a sensation that I am enjoying, you know? Felt sexual, but like usual, I missed the mark. Huh. The interviewer talking to Bjork. Lyrically, Enjoy feels central to Post's storylines. A need for the tactile exploration, etc. Do you remember what or who inspired the song? Bjork responds, I guess it went with the mood of the album. To be greedy, to be eager, to consume a city, to merge, promiscuous musically, and city-ally. I... I don't know what that means. Yeah, honestly, that might be one of her most lucid quotes. Like, I think I get what she's saying. Like, I want to... Uh... I want to consume a city. M maybe she's okay. saying, like, I want to go... Have an, th this is her translated backwards and filtered three times way of saying, I, I want to, like, enjoy the nightlife and go into the city, you know, like... There's a couple songs on the Lady Gaga album we reviewed. I remember Marry the Night was one. Mm -hmm. And I think there was another one where they were basically just like love songs to the city. Mm. And it's like, okay, I get that. I didn't get that with Enjoy, though. Like, I didn't pick up on that. It yeah. sounded like, like Bjork writing a fucking sex jam. But no, not on this album. Now, I will say I did like the sax that kind of winds around in the background at the end. It kind of sounds like... The aftermath of like writhing in pleasure, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. So I did kind of like that uh, at the end, but um, then we get to you've been flirting again, and this was another one where I, I I love I love the instrumentation, right? I love the the musical flip with the sweet violins that goes throughout and ends on a deceptive minor key at the end. I thought that was really cool, and then in the lyrics, it's like okay, so I'm looking at the lyrics and they're like. She, it's very straightforwardly said, you know, she's like, uh, you were right, you were correct, what you were thinking is right. Like, it's that sort of like, hmm, why are you saying that sort of thing? And, and <laughs> Why are you saying this? Yeah, like, why, why are you saying it, right? What's, what's wrong, you know? <laughs> um, and then you kind of uh, see the, the title of the song, and the title of the song is fucking, you know, uh, 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 you've been flirting again, right? And so 
my brain is kind of thinking it and it's from a certain like, oh, is it kind of like a, uh, you know, I see what you're doing. I see that you're flirting. Like, I, I've, I've caught you and I'm kind of being cutesy about it, but I'm like, mm, kind of not cool with it. You know what I mean? Like that sort of deal. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking as I as I you know go into it. So I'm like, oh, and it's kind of like how a title can affect the song, you know, because you first hear the lyrics and it's like this feels so weirdly straightforward. You look at the title. Oh, I see how it's kind of being ironic. Oh, okay, you know, it's actually about her like positively flirting. It's about her like saying like, you are correct in flirting with me. I am feeling this way. You are right. Continue to flirt. It is okay. It's like so. It's like she's just describing it weirdly sincerely without any iron here which is doing this yeah so I, I, this is the point where i was like i gotta stop looking at the meaning of these songs because i'm <laughs> you're taking me on a roller coaster of emotions you, you, you're playing with my emotions because <laughs> <laughs> I, I was so confused i was like well, because it's so weirdly sincere that you, it feels like it has to be ironic, you know? Like, because this is the 90s, you know? That's what we do. We're, we're never being oh, sincere, yeah. right? Like, you know? This has to be coming from sideways, you know? Yeah, but it's like the odd, the oddness is how not ironic it is. And by the way, if you see the album cover, doesn't it look like the AI art of like now of like the... Is that a real person? No, it kind of looks a little animated. Like, was she on that shit before everyone else, too? Like, is she just fucking ahead of every goddamn thing? I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> All that she said was true. All that she said was true. Give her some time. Give her some space. All that she said was true. It's like, what? Huh? What? Like, it just feels like a... You're being, like, is it, like, am I being, like, a girl being 100% just earnest about her intentions? Like, is this a weird, like, backwards 90s, you know, uh, uh, cat comedy bit, you know, like, women being, you know, sincere about how they feel, am I right, fella? You know, like, that doesn't have, you know, like, what is happening right now? <laughs> you know, all that she meant was good. All that she meant was good. And I'm like, what? Why are you saying it like this? Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, and the, the specific, how you reacted was right. How you, re like, I, I am only used to a woman saying this in a smarmy, ironic way. <laughs> like, how you reacted was completely okay. Yeah, no, you don't have to think about your actions at all. Like, you know what I mean? I'm like, what's happening right now? How is this sincere? You know? Because I was looking, it's like, she's saying like, no, 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 you're right in flirting with her. Just give her some time to think about it. And, you know, you'll be right back in there. It's like, I guess that's, yeah, but I just, this doesn't... Maybe, maybe it's the 90s. I'm being too Elenis Morissetti and being like, oh, there's got to be some sort of sarcastic wit or bite to it. But maybe she is just a really awkward girl who's trying to figure out how to interact with... She's Again, she's on her Amelie bag. You know, she talks to her ceramic alligator uh, nightlight. You know what I'm saying? And she's like, how do I talk to this boy? It's like, well, you flirt with people. You see, it's when you say things that you don't really mean, but you're saying it in a jokey manner. It's like, like she's like, but I love how it started with the, the 70s prog rock album, French Horn, which sounds weirdly specific, but you know what I mean when you hear it. <laughs> yeah. The, you know? And then it switches completely to this jungle mix. Like, like that could have been a completely different song. Like, I could have shown you how cool that other song was. But fuck that. This song was better. <laughs> I 
Like, God, like, <laughs> yeah. Bjork is just bu- bursting with creativity at the same as this woman. Um, then, yeah, you get this blast of violin that just springs forth. Holy fucking shit. And this fucking sideways female lo- self-love anthem that, like, you know, because she thinks really sideways, like, it, it doesn't have direct enough lyrics to sound like a female self-love anthem, but it kind of feels like, you know what I mean? Like... And, and yeah. there's little lyrics about here of like that feel like they're about seeking love that feel like they're kind of callbacks to what happened previously. So like that's what I was kind of getting that sort of feel of like, oh, so is that sort of like a oh I do love myself, but I also do want love from someone else. So it's like actually you know as weird as we may say that you know Bjork is you know as I'm listening to her she, she actually sounds very emotionally healthy. Like you know I'm not trying to you know get a uh, uh, love from someone else. I actually do love myself and am fine with myself, and I do want companionship from someone else. You know what I mean? Like I would like that, but I'm not seeking that in order to make up for you know not loving myself. You know that is very clear. Like damn, this chick is very mentally healthy. <laughs> <laughs> like in that one quote I read a I guess a certain storyline that you're supposed to pick up on I don't really know if I was picking up on a storyline or any sort of like with the album we just listened to it was all about storyline and we just didn't care like with this emotionally it has so many things that like end up calling back to each other that your brain wants to care you want to be like, oh, what is this emotional journey you're going on? Oh, it feels like you're kind of calling back to something. And your brain wants to connect those things. That's what good art does for you, right? It it makes you want to be invested, to have empathy for this character and see how you relate to them, you know? So that's what I mean by like, yeah, like just because she doesn't have a direct story doesn't mean she's not pulling us on an emotional journey that I think is just as much, if not more so important sometimes than having a story that completely 100% makes sense, right? Like, there's a movie called Primer that is all about time travel, and it completely 100% makes sense. If you break it down, the way they do time travel and all that stuff is completely 100% coherent. But it's boring as shit, so I don't want to watch it, (laughs) you know? Like, (laughs) so then we get to probably maybe... This is the one, rare, where she says, As much as I definitely enjoy solitude, I wouldn't mind, perhaps, spending little time with you. <laughs> like, the way she says things are so, like, when she hits these earnest moments, they feel good because they are so damn earnest, right? Like, like you know that she's really, like, opening herself up. And, like, you kind of get that feel. You know that feel of a... Love Fool by the Cranberries, I think, where it's just like, love me, love oh. me, pretend that you love. It's like, what? This girl who, like, clearly sounds like the voice of a hot chick is telling me to pretend to love her? Like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, like, you get that feeling, right? Like, with this, <laughs> like, I, like, get that feeling, like, here's this cool girl who's kind of weird and collects bugs, you know, but she kind of taking a shine into you, you know? Like, that's what I kind of give her this. I'm like, oh, wow, I want to spend a little time <laughs> with you too, Bjork, <laughs> you know? <laughs> All I was going to say was I was going to save you from a comment. I think Love Fool was by the Cardigans, not the Cranberries. Excuse me. Oh, they they did the dream song, right? Uh, dreams linger, zombie. Yeah, yeah. All zombie. them classics. Zombie. All right, anyway. <laughs> Enough of that weird vocal delivery. Back to this. I also took note of another part of Possibly Maybe, by the way. Mm. The, um, as much as I definitely enjoy solitude, I wouldn't mind perhaps spending a little bit of time with you. Sometimes, sometimes, possibly, maybe, probably love, uncertain, uncertainty, excited me, baby. Who knows Mm. what's going to happen? Lottery or a car crash? Or you'll join a cult? (laughs) Yeah, who knows, right? 
Like, you're really sucking the romance out of this right now. Like, it was kind of cute at first, but... <laughs> There's a shortage of possibilities. <laughs> endless universes, alternate universes, endless so, possibilities. It's like, are you going to keep describing the different things that could happen? <laughs> I also did like, though, that there was, like, this echoing maybe in the background yeah. and, like, telephone glitchy noises yes, that just, like... That. And the added a level of, of uneasiness. Yeah, and the little bit of steel guitar that comes at the back end of the track. Like, did you remember that? Like, that was so cool. It just so smoothly integrates in. Like, mm. yeah. Um, then I miss you. <laughs> but I haven't met you yet. And first thing I wrote, I was like, before you came into my life, I missed you so bad vibes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing, though. And you should know that. She actually ties it around her and makes it work. I'm like, you son of a bitch. Like, I wanted to joke on you, but you actually kind of made it work. Where she was like, you know, because she says, I miss you, but I haven't met you yet. And, you know, I'm thinking like, huh, huh, what, what type of lyric is that? And then it's like, and if you believe in dreams or what is more important that a dream can come true, I will meet you. And it's like, oh, damn it. That actually made sense oh. in the dream logic way. You son Fuck. of a bitch. Burke, <laughs> <laughs> hit me with the dream logic. No. <laughs> hit me with the dream logic. <laughs> How did I not see that coming? <laughs> and I love how she like she switches up the rhythm uh, as the breakdown happens, and um, like and she does the little. Um, th this is the track where she does the yeah the rhythm with the the vocables and stuff like that. I thought that was so fucking cool. And she oh. like kind of stutters into the lyrics in a way that's really cool. Like that reminds me of the you know the Who Generation song sort of deal. You know what I mean? Like it's hard to describe, but she'll just like like and. It's a petting, <laughs> you know. There's a part later where it's just like that. Ah, 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 I miss you, but it sounds like it's like cutting and coming back in. This song is, I think, the fucking centerpiece. Like, I love Oh So Quiet, and honestly, like I love most of this album, right? Mm. But, ooh, fuck me, the the trumpets that come in the. Mm. See, yes. that and the fucking bongos that come in oh you you, you know me bongos party. yeah i'm a sucker for a bongo, it's a bongo. this is like yeah this instrumental is one of the best like ever it's oh, so sure. much going on now, it's so much fun now the only thing i would say is that like i feel like it's the one song where her vocals feel a little overpowering compared to what else is happening with the hmm. I, I, like i remember having a moment where like the trumpets are so sharp when her voice is coming in with the trumpets, like right around the same time, like I remember having that feeling of like, ooh, ooh, it's like someone needs to turn something down here. Oh, huh, you know? okay. Like I remember that feeling a little like it was just like spiking, where it was just like, mm. ah. <laughs> <laughs> but like th this is the type of track where like I got that feeling of like, oh, you would hear this track and be like, listen to how weird she is and listen to how abrasive she is. But like, if you gave it an extra second, you'd be like, actually, this is a relatively conventional sounding, fun, little brassy track. But because it's so, there's so much happening, it feels very jostly and like, it, it adds that bit of unconventionalness to it. You know what I mean? Through the, oh, yeah. the, the pure power of what's happening. Um, then we get fucking Cover Me. This fucking getting in her song cycle neo-romantic music bag shit like i live for this shit like mm. uh, and like where she's like singing and it's a two-minute song it's really short but you hear in the background what sound like these little 
digital crickets. Like it sounds like she's in a digital lake in the song. And she's like, say, like she's looking at you with the hat on right before she goes in. She reminds me of Noodle. That's what it is. She reminds me of Noodle from Gorillaz. Oh. And she's like, you know, she's looking at you right before she goes in. I'm going in. You know, she's fucking adventure is out there. And before she turns around and jumps into the musical wilderness, you know? <laughs> and like, and oh, the way her vocal line goes up is so beautiful. The, I'm going to prove the impossible really exists. Like, it's just such a cool fucking Don Quixote moment, you know? <laughs> dream the impossible dream. <laughs> I had to quote too because I had no idea what this was about. But it was at that point where it was just like, oh, I'm dangerous. I was like, whoa, what the fuck is this about? A quote from the genius. One of Post's quieter moments, Cover Me was written from Bjork to Nellie Hooper, who had produced uh, her album debut. When me and Nelly decided to work together again on Post, I wrote this for him. I guess I was trying to make fun of myself, how dangerous I managed sometimes to make album making and trying to lure him into it. Um, but it's also an admiration thing from me to him. I wouldn't have trusted anyone else. So it's like, That's you great. really did take a fucking risk working with me because yeah. I'm a dangerous adventure in myself. Like, holy oh, shit. Man. And you can hear it like you can fucking feel it. You know how those rap tracks are always saying, man, we're the innovators and we're doing so much innovating, but all we're doing is making songs about how we're the innovators. But like... But then you hear someone who actually does do innovative shit while like making brags about how they're innovative, where it's like, you've actually earned that brag rap, you know? Like, yeah, that's what this feels like. We're like, I'm an, in I'm an innovative motherfucker and I know I am. <laughs> Ain't I a little rascal? <laughs> like, oh my God, Bjork, you son of a bitch. You you're a dangerous woman, but I love you. <laughs> <laughs> then we then, get to uh, headphones. Then headphones. Man, and can I tell you, like she, earned so much goodwill up to this point to where it's like oh man you know you know what a Bjork album is gonna be it's gonna be really weird and things gonna be really loose and unconventional and when you don't know where it's gonna go but by the time we get to this track like everything sounds so fucking good that when I feel the looseness when I can feel myself jumping into like oh we're going into the deep end and we're just gonna be waiting here for a while I like I have that feeling of just like Take it away, babe. I know you got it. You, you got it. You got it up to this point. You got it. I know you got it. Like, so I'm just like sitting here and listening and just like, where the, I'm just like, where the fuck are you taking me, Bjork? With the like, where she gets to that one part where she's like, sounds go through the muscles, those abstract wordless movements. Move, 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 move. With like repeating the things that she's saying. And then like, there's parts later on where she'll like do a certain vocable and then it'll like play it backwards and then replay it backwards but then like it won't do it completely like uh uh, uh digitally like because there'll be some parts where it does sound she's actually like she's actually starting the singing and singing it backwards so it's like it's a cross between it sounding like her organically doing it and it being reversed so there's like this weird little thing that's rubbing and playing with your brain like at certain parts of it you know what i mean and then just a little part like yeah it sounds like we're in the middle of her like meditating or something like that yes yeah, that little oh uh, Oh, yeah, dancing in the background. Uh, whereas, like, you hear her saying, like, I like this resonance. It elevates me. I don't recognize myself. This is very interesting. <laughs> it's like, like, she's, like, observing herself and observing how she's feeling. It's like, hmm, I like that I am feeling this way. This is the, like, it's so, like... <laughs> third eye looking through you know what i mean like either that or totally about how she's uh, stroking off while she's asleep uh because yeah, who knows end, 
Like at the end, she does those little aww, uh, aww, uh, and it sounds like a little <laughs> sexual after a while. <laughs> or maybe not. It could be anything. <laughs> Whatever the abstraction wants it to be. And uh, special remix guest verse from Ghostface Killer. Go. How do you want to put it? Like the victory lap. The yeah. Like you said, the like, I've done no, so good. much cool shit this whole album I, I get to do whatever the fuck I want to do right now and it can be as weird as I want it to be and, you're just and what, like, what the you fuck are you gonna right. say yeah it's like you know she's right they're like we're at the end of the album too what, what, what the fuck are you gonna lose stick around you've already hung around for 40 minutes you can stick around for a few more where are you going yeah where are you going in, in such a hurry where's the fire I gotta give this that big old five, buddy. Five. Gotta give it a five. Get the fuck out of here. Even mm-hmm. with little whatever issues I had, like the greatness and creativity so like pushes over it. You know, even the weirdness that I experience at some points that like draws me back. I'm still like, but I can't act like this ain't the precocious scamp that she is. You know? Oh yeah, absolutely. Like. It's all well-deserved. No one was doing it like Bjork. And no one probably is ever again. <laughs> yeah, like, a lot of people are doing the experimental kind of hyper-poppy stuff that I guess you could say is, like, this generation's... Yeah. yeah, but it's still not the same, you know? Yeah, not the It's time, its own thing. The, yeah, exactly. Um, and also, it's just, like, so quickly has Bjork gone into my David Bowie, like, canon of, like, Oh, I can't. I'm fucking rubbing my hands to hear what happens next. You know, like, like I went on a journey for like with David Bowie is I don't know much about him, but I know that there's something cool. And then finding out, oh, it's even cooler than I thought. With Bjork, it's like I don't know much, but I don't know where it's gonna go. And then going and be like, oh shit, here we go. This is awesome. <laughs> like, but if there is an album you would like to hear us talk about on a future episode, y'all need to head on over to our Kofi. KO-FI.com slash going off. G-O-I-N-O-F-F. And you can add your name to the illustrious list. And we will review your good, bad, and or ugly album on a future episode of the show. That's we got right. all the links in the description. We got our Twitters, our Patreons, our Kofis, our YouTubes. Uh the fan house, the TikTok, the yes. everything else. What do y'all got going on over there, Your RC? Boys holding down that uh patreon.com slash rap critic. We just recently did a private uh, video game stream with the uh the Jackbox uh freestyle game. So that was really fun. So oh, nice. join that yeah, join that Patreon. You'll get to uh you know, we, we have video game nights like that where we uh Hang out and play that game. You know, it's real cool. And I'm actually going to be uh, uploading some clips so people can uh, see some of the best freestyles because they were pretty funny as fuck. Definitely get with that. Patreon.com slash Rap Critic to get episodes early uh, as well as Kofi.com slash Rap Critic for anything that isn't going off. Uh, get your uh, music streams uh, so you can request songs or best of album, uh, best ofs or albums or your movie requests where you can, you know, request uh, movies. And I'm also starting a new thing, uh, uh priority uh uh queuing where uh if you want to you know get your music because you know stuff's kind of backed up with especially like uh rap critic reviews and stuff like that so i'm like oh okay you know i understand people are kind of like hey you know one or two people have been like going like hey when can i get my review and i'm like okay you know i want to respond to that and be like you know what i will put it in 
if you want to, you know, slide some dough your boy's way, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? You know, so like, so, all right, you get your priority, but, you know, you help your boy out a little bit. Yeah, now. So, uh, if I remember to put that on the Kofi, I will <laughs> do that. But, yeah, because it's like a, in fact, someone just uh, requested, actually, that was the reason why I did it for uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. They were like, hey, could you do the first two Guardians of the Galaxy movie and the third one? And I was like, oh. I mean, I guess I, we were going to do Weird Al movie next, but they're like, uh, okay, but I'll, I'll pay you to do the priority thing. And I was like, all right, then, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You're very convincing. I mean, you know, hey, it's a need, you know, people want to be up front. Then it's like, hey, look, you know, <laughs> I'm willing yeah, to do a yeah. comment, first class reviewing, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah, get with that, act like you want it. Like I said, the you can get the stream reviews, movie reviews, or the priority review and get with act like you want it. Um... And I think I might also be doing a uh, thing where I do um, uh, combination reviews where I'm doing, like, movie and stream requests for uh, mm. certain piece. So, yeah, look that up. I should have that up there if I rem- – again, if I remember because I'm doing one-man operating system over here. But <laughs> Right. But, you know, yeah, get what act like you want it. <laughs> Well, we will be back in two weeks with another episode of Going Off. Until then, I want to give a big, big thanks to everyone who spent your time listening to our show. It means a lot to us, and your support means a lot to us also. Just, you know, nudging, giving a knowing glance over to the Kofi and the Patreons and the Fan House and any other way you can show some monetary support. And if, uh, for old time's sake, if this is your first time listening to the show, all of our old episodes, or at least most of them, are on Spotify. And if you, well, I guess if you're listening to this, you didn't have confusion finding it. But if you're listening to the show on YouTube and you've been wondering where the show is, I'm going to make sure to put a link to our Spotify page in the description because some people are still not seeing where the new episodes of Spotify are. I don't know how y'all are missing out on that, so hopefully I can clear up some of the confusion. But until the next episode of the show, I'm Muse. I'm a polar bear, and I'm with 500 polar bears. This tramping over a city. The lyric is about people who feel sorry for themselves all the time and don't get their shit together. You come to a point with people like that where you're done with everything you can do for them, and the only thing that's going to sort them out is themselves. It's time to get things done. I identify with polar bears. They're very cuddly and cute and quite calm, but if they meet you, they can be very strong. That is a quote from Bjork.